Alrighty, uh, welcome to Store Brand Comics for the week, everybody. This is T.O. Um, just mentioning that um, there was some weird, like, technical stuff this week. Um, some, uh, like, me and uh, uh, Brandon's audio, like, desynchronized, and so there are going to be parts where, like, we're talking over the top of each other. We weren't actually talking over the top of each other at the time. It just kind of sounds like we were um, in this particular episode. Um... Brandon was testing out a, uh, a new microphone this week, um, and I think uh, that might have contributed to some of the weird audio stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, just uh, just letting you know, um, it might get a little annoying to listen to at parts, so you know, just kind of a heads up, just a bit of a warning. Um, but yeah, so uh, here's the episode for the week. I just thought that, or <laughs> are we going to go ahead and jump into right, the, right, right. the talk okay. of it so or before, before, okay. <clears throat> so before we get into the episode for the day, I have one question for you, Brandon. Yes. Jimmy Neutron versus Tony Stark. Who wins? Uh, let's see. Jimmy Neutron is basically like Riri Williams. Um, hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay, so it's not entirely Jimmy Neutron versus Tony Stark. It's more Jimmy Neutron um, accidentally does the whole experiment where he makes Sheen super smart and Sheen's got the super big head and Sheen's floating around and stuff. And Sheen, through through his immense power, that has been gained. He is the one that takes down Tony Stark because Tony Stark tries to stop him because Tony Stark's like, I can be, I can only be the smartest person. And Sheen's like, you mere mortal witness the power of Sheen, the almighty and just strikes him down. Alrighty then. There's the answer, I guess. Yes. Welcome to Stormbrand Comics, everybody. I'm T.O. And I'm Brandon. And um, today, uh, because we have a rare, the very rare occasion today, we are going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong, which by the time the episode comes out, it's going to be like a full month late. But um, yeah, whatever. We're we're always <laughs> late to the party. So yeah. Uh, oh well. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to talk about. Um, yeah, I personally, I, I, I don't want to. So. I don't want to get us like off track. This is just a a quick side note. I'm looking at mocap for these movies, yeah. and it's showing um, from the last one, King of the Monsters, the mocap for Ghidorah, mm-hmm. where it's just three guys, yep. <laughs> like 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 with their arms around each other. And it's just so funny yeah, well, <laughs> just seeing these three guys. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so, I don't know. You got to do motion capture for a three-headed dragon. One dude holding I, their I hands up like, like puppets isn't going to you know, cut it. Because then, cause yeah, then the two I heads guess. on the sides are going to move too much like arms. I, I suppose. I don't know. For that, I've... 
Okay, okay. I, I, I guess it makes sense since, like, <clears throat> you want the different movements because they have really long necks. Yeah. Each one of the heads has really long necks, and that's essentially each person's body, basically. You could say that. So you want, like, the different movements and stuff. Because at first I was thinking, like, why not just do, like, them sitting down and motion capture of them doing, like, facial and head movements and stuff. But then I thought, like, I guess their body yeah. could be, like, the movement of the neck. So, yeah, it's just a funny, funny image to see. <laughs> like, it'd be so hard to, like, take this serious on, on set. Without seeing the finished product, when yeah. you see this, it's like, what are we doing? Yeah, they probably had a lot of fun with it. It's, they get the chance. To- oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they goof around. Not too much, because they're on a schedule. But I'm sure they goof around a little bit on set. They don't take it too seriously. Yeah, yeah. I'm credited as the third head of Ghidorah. (laughs) (laughs) That is one thing that does kind of suck is like, we're going to see these movies for the giant monsters. Right. But like the credits only reflect these human characters whose names no one can remember. Um, Like in the actors playing them. And it's like, no, like I feel like the mocap actors and animators behind the visuals of these characters should get top billing in these films. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, it's been this way for a long time, not entirely with mocap, but when it comes to animators, for sure, in terms of like, uh, just not getting the proper credit that's due. Um, Motion capture in recent years, mostly because of people like Andy Serkis has gained more traction, but the animators and stuff, I just feel don't get the credit that's due to them. Yeah, grip it and rip it. Just open up a can of soda because I forgot to do that before we started. Right, nice. but yeah. Um, and also looking at the um, the Wikipedia article for this movie, um, it says here Godzilla versus Kong is a 2021 American monster film featuring Godzilla and King Kong, directed by Adam Wingard. And here's the part that kind of I find interesting: it is the fourth film mm-hmm. in Legendary's MonsterVerse. It is also the 36th film in the Godzilla franchise, the 12th film in the King Kong franchise, and the fourth Godzilla film to be completely produced by a Hollywood studio. A lot of ongoing tallies there for what this movie is. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I'm I'm glad someone kept up with that. Because, like, obviously the two easiest numbers there to track are, you know, fourth film in the MonsterVerse, obviously, and for yeah, fourth yeah. Godzilla film to be completely produced by a Hollywood studio, the first one being 1998's Godzilla with Matthew Broderick, which was bad, um, and yeah. then the other two being 2014's Godzilla and King of the Monsters. But um, yeah, but like yeah, the twelfth film in the King Kong franchise. I knew King Kong had quite a few more movies other than like you know the original and its remakes, but I didn't realize there were that many. Yeah, I didn't realize there were twelve. It's crazy. Thirty-sixth film in the Godzilla franchise. That track. I, I, I knew. I yeah, yeah. I, I knew there were a ton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One I still want to see eventually is a uh, Shin Godzilla. That oh one that God, came out shortly after the twenty fourteen. I want to see Shin Godzilla too. Um, yeah. I also want to see some uh, like older, like more classic Godzilla movies. Um, 
Yeah, like, yeah. I, Godzilla is one of those characters where I never really got into him until recently. Um, I like King Kong more personally, but oh, excuse me. But um, yeah, like he's he's one of those characters where I always knew about him and I always knew what he was, but I never like got into him. But now that I'm older, I'm like, and I'm interested in watching movies outside like the normal scope of what I typically watch. Like, usually I usually watch modern, very CGI heavy action movies. That's just kind of what I like. Either that or completely like ridiculous goofball comedies. Um, that that's usually yeah, yeah. What I'm into. Wanna, and if it's not that, it's a cartoon. You want to step into the I got you. You want to step into the the classics. Exactly. Classics in the sense of people in costumes. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I wanna I wanna watch, you know, some some classic Godzilla movies. Um and because like I grew up watching classic Planet of the Apes. Um, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So it's like it's not like um and, and I also want to um get into the old universal monster movies like um Dracula and yeah, Frankenstein yeah. and all that. Um, which I found, I, I did find that universal monster movie collection on Amazon for like a hundred bucks. So yeah. it's not bad. I mean, does, does it include it's, like, uh, it's like all, all of them from, from Dracula all the way through like the Abbott and Costello crossovers. Okay. Well, well, what I was asking, was it like all, all of the universal monsters as well as like the five or so sequels that each one yeah got. pretty much like there was there were there were multiple mentions oh, okay. in the titles of dracula frankenstein the mummy the wolfman like it's it's all of them. yeah yeah like i said it's like um it's, it's yeah, basically cause... all of the old black and white ones from the from yeah yeah dracula all the way through because i think dracula was the first one of those um yeah Hundred bucks isn't bad. I mean, that's yeah, over either a hundred like or a hundred twenty. I don't remember. 30. Yeah, it's not bad. It's like thirty or forty. But yeah, movies. for like a DVD or Blu-ray collection, I don't remember which it was. I think it was DVD. But for like a DVD collection, that's a pretty good price. Yeah, the next collection I want to get is the the nineteen sixties Batman show. Mm. I I really want that. They finally came out with it on like Blu-ray like a couple years ago and it hadn't been on in circulation of DVD for decades. Mm. Um, then they finally brought it back. I'm sure it was some sort of licensing thing, but, um, but Godzilla right. versus Kong. The, re- um, the reason, the reason <laughs> earlier that I mentioned that this was a rare opportunity for us is because um, we realized while texting each other, that this is actually a topic that we have, at least one thing about it that we disagree on, which is rare for us. Usually Brandon and I agree on quite a bit, but, uh, yeah, for the first time in possibly ever, it's one of the, the main things we disagree yeah. on, but it's also not like a major yeah, it's, disagreement it's not, and it's not because like blood and guts at like the end of the day, we both, sort of disagreement. It's the... right. But it's also at the end of the day, we both think it's a good movie. It's just, one likes it a lot more than the other. Yeah, and I wonder if if the audience, let's give them a couple, let's give them a couple seconds. Who can you guess is like likes this movie more than the other? All right, now here's the answer. Say it. <laughs> this this is Dora. This is Dora. Say, Say it. it. Yeah. Say it out Say loud. It. 
there yet. Say your mom can hear you. Is very good. <laughs> Is it the one on the left? The one on the right? The one in the middle? Muy bien. Very good, John. Yes, we know your name. We've been following you for quite some time. Batpack, pull out the rope and duct tape. <laughs> Why do we have both rope and duct tape, you ask? Well, you're, you're about to find out, John. <laughs> and, then you, and then you tie his mouth up with rope and, and bind his arms and legs with the duct tape. I think your house is backwards. Shut up. Shut up, John. Now, let's sing the Batpack song and see if we can pull out a gun <laughs> from it. Alright. Also, I'm the Batpack loaded up with guns and bindings to Batpack. Alright, so also another thing um, is... Uh, our main topic for the episode might be a little shorter than usual, but that's okay because I actually do have quite a few recommendations for the week. So, but yeah, yeah. like, because um, Brandon and I aren't like going to have like a major debate or argument here. It's, it's just because um, we're not, we, we don't, we're not the sort of people to argue. So, this might be a little, a little bit short. For I've I've laid, I've laid out court documents for my case for this. Oh. Well then, I I have assistant attorneys with me. I'm the main one, but I have assistants with me. Are you a, namely, namely Terry and one of the the dogs? But that's about it. Wow, Terry and one of the dogs were able to put their differences aside for a. Uh... For this case, huh? Yeah, it, it was a weird thing. Terry, <clears throat> the whole thing that happened with his kid or whatever the storyline was, <laughs> um, he, uh, he, uh, it, it really upset him, but him and, and one of the, the female dogs, uh, um, together almost. And, uh, um, there's developments there and so them two are are rising up against the other dogs um terry but terry doesn't love this dog terry's tricking this dog terry's like terry's like a psychopath he's just using this dog so that he can get at all the other dogs um i just realized i said all this in front of both of them so now the jig is up um this female dog knows what Terry is up to now. So this might affect the court case. And it's, it's astounding that even though we're, we're only his employers who don't actually pay him anything, we seem to have this omniscient narrator perspective into his personal life and his thoughts. Well, Terry's, Terry's honestly a sad case. He just confides in <laughs> us all the time to, to where it's very, it's it's so much information to where it's like Terry, like, are you just wanting us to narrate this on the podcast? Um, he doesn't answer, so I, I take that as a yes. Um, but 
I mean, it's his own fault. He's confiding in the wrong people. Um, we don't care about your dog problem, Terry. So Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. Um, right. We never actually revealed which is which. I'm the one who um, liked the movie a little bit more. I yeah. I think, and, and really the only difference in opinion, because like Brandon said, we both actually do like this movie. The only difference in opinion is that um, I think this is the best movie in the MonsterVerse so far. Well, Brandon said that he thinks it's one of the weakest. Yeah. Boo, yeah. boo Brandon. Boo him in the wherever it is that you leave feedback. Boo. <laughs> yes. Which which I will I will like go ahead and say I'm in the minority on this. A lot of people are like the majority of what I'm seeing online and stuff, this is a lot of people's favorite movie. And I'm not gonna take that away from them. Everyone's got their their own opinion and I see that my opinion is outweighed, but I will still give my case as to why I think so. Yes. Yeah, for me. Because this is T.O. and Brandon's yeah. podcast. We speak yeah. our minds. We don't answer to nobody. Yeah, we don't poop on the yeah. police. Okay. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> So FBI, I see you out there. You can you can eat eat a popsicle. Got him. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so for me, I'm just going to be honest and say that this movie is kind of exactly what I wanted from these movies the whole time. Um I feel like they learned their lessons from uh, the previous movies, um, particularly King of the Monsters, because in this one, we actually get to see the fights happen, and we're not constantly cutting away uh, to show reaction shots from the humans who then explain everything that's happening to us, even though we can see it in front of us. So I like that. I I like that. Right. And this movie also moves at a pretty brisk pace compared to the other MonsterVerse movies. Um, Like, they just get right into it. And I like that, too. Um, And yeah, it does does take where the two main monsters to, like, actually meet each other and fight for the first time. But once that happens, the movie picks up even more. So. Yeah. This is where um, I, I guess it's like it's it's clearly a differing opinion. Um, obviously, I think the fights are amazing in this movie. The mostly the main two fights. The last fight, honestly, eyes were kind of glazed over. Almost, I don't I don't care about. The only cool thing about the fighting Mechagodzilla oh, and way, stuff spoilers. is like Mechagodzilla having his. Uh, you can see it in the trailer. <laughs> you, there's, there's, you see Mechagodzilla once in the trailer. If, if you listen to this channel, you probably listen to like Mr. Sunday movies yeah. or whatever. He already spoiled it for you. Um, but um, the whole like the jetpack thing, where like like jetpack punches and yeah. stuff like that, that's cool. Other than that, though, I just didn't care about that last fight. But the first two fights were great. Whereas King Kong and Godzilla fighting, like the best one was the ship mm. one, in my opinion. I thought that fight was 
the best fight out of all of them. It, it might also be the the build up to it because, like you said, it takes a while for them to finally get to the fight. But like once it does get to the fight, it's like okay, this was worth it because this yeah. is an epic for fight. Me, my favorite fight is probably the first half of the Hong Kong fight, um, because of the way that um, they are able to like use the city and the fact that Kong is a giant ape to like choreograph the fight. Like, of course, he's not just gonna stay on the ground like yeah, yeah. does. He's way more agile and dexterous, so he's gonna hop on those buildings and use the yeah, yeah. trees to move around a lot. Yeah, and you also see like the uh the uh you see it in a lot of martial arts movies where like you jump onto the wall like with one yeah. of your feet and then like bounce off of the wall yeah. to do a punch. He does that with like one of the buildings. Yeah, I was like that's awesome. really cool. And now that you meant cuz you mentioned the whole mocap thing, I was like, "Okay, that makes perfect sense. Clearly it's whoever did the mocap for him just like did that martial yeah. arts move." I was like, "Awesome." Um, yeah, yeah, that fight's great as well. Um, I'm not like deducting oh, yeah, no, I'm just, points or anything. I my my personal thing, I just my favorite fight. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I both were good. I think the ship one was almost like, even though way more people die in the the Hong Kong one, they don't focus no, no. on that though. <laughs> you you don't need to. Um, way more people die in that one. I felt like there was more urgency slash like um, weight or like potential of death or whatever with mm. the ship one, even though obviously a whole lot more people die in the Hong Kong one, mostly because you have that, that buildup of Godzilla like yeah. swimming towards them. And then it's just that build up and like Kong, he's still chained and stuff. And they're like, we gotta let him go. Like, come on. Like, this is the only way we want to yeah, save the was, ship and all that. A, a um, that whole build up. To the, to the fleet. Yes, yes. Yeah, a ton of tension with it. And then like once they finally, once the, the ship is like flooded, they hit the buzzer. And then you have like, it's either silence or something. It, it, this, they do this a lot with like, epic blockbusters when there's like a big moment they'll be playing the music and stuff and then silence whenever a big moment happens and then sorry, once the reveal of the big moment happens which is the my sorry my, my phone probably just made a bunch oh it's of all good. anyway <clears throat> it's all good but like the the build-up of kong he gets released and as he like basically comes up from the water or it comes up from his chains you have the the music swell in again and it's like oh like great sound design with that type of stuff um so yeah with the fights and stuff it's exactly what i wanted in one of these movies um i don't know though my i'm kind of on the other side with the whole uh the 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 people and the character thing Yes, the the whole point of these movies should be the fights. You should not care about the people. But what I will say about this, what I'm seeing a lot online are people being like, yes, finally, a, a Godzilla or, or MonsterVerse movie where it's the focus on the monsters and stuff. But like these fights, these three key fights, maybe take up... 30 minutes of screen time 
maybe a little bit more, 40 minutes, 40 minutes is probably tops. And then the rest, because I, I didn't realize how long it was until I was watching the movie. I thought this was going to be an hour and a half long movie. It's like it, over two hours long. Two hours. Um, the rest, yeah, the rest of it is just like the boring character stuff. Like, am I the only one that missed that it's like still focused on the humans? Even though like they don't focus on their character drama they're still focusing on the humans and stuff. And because they're not focusing on any character drama or character building, yeah. it's even more boring. Like even, even the people that love the movie, they will at least admit that the whole uh, Millie Bobby Brown, Deadpool two and the, the yeah. conspiracy theory guy, that whole subplot didn't have to be in the movie. The only reason it was, was because, Hey, we've got this set of humans that are team Godzilla. Well, we got to have a set of humans that are team, or we got a set of humans that are team King Kong. So we got to have a set of humans that are team Godzilla. I get that. But like their whole subplot, I did not care about throw all of that out. I feel like a part of the reason Um, that, um, Hoobie Dooby Booby and her friends, um, were, uh, in the movie to be Team Godzilla is so that when the big revelation of Mecha Godzilla comes along and um, and it turns out Godzilla wasn't the bad guy the whole time, it's not like a completely out of nowhere twist. Like they were probably there just to build up in in the probably less conscious audience members' minds that like Godzilla is not the real bad guy here. Um. Right. I I almost feel like you could do that with like one, you didn't need Millie Bobby Brown and, and uh Kiwi <laughs> guy. Um I, He's I, New I Zealand, they're called Kiwis. Um character called Yeah, yeah. The Kiwi guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the next uh next superhero, Kiwi yeah. guy. The Kiwi bird, man. Um uh we could do a costume that incorporates <laughs> both. Uh, it, it's it's the bird, but it's the gross, weird, furry texture of a kiwi, the outside of a kiwi. Um, but uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, you could throw them out, and you could still have that podcast conspiracy guy. Like the opening thing, I felt was good, showing like uh, in yeah. Pensacola, Florida. Also, they did a sh- uh, the first 30 minutes of the movie a shout out to a a very local yeah. place yeah, I was gonna, I to was us say, um, um, i found him to be the most relatable character in the movie simply because he was a podcaster from pensacola florida <laughs> yeah 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 it's like hey like i went i went to see this movie with clay in the theater and as soon as it said pensacola on the screen i leaned over and said hey i've been there <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask. Um, so I, me and my brother, we'll get into more about Godzilla and King Kong. We went to see the movie and um, whenever it would pop up on the screen or someone would say Pensacola, Florida, did you look at anyone in the audience with you? And did you see anyone like look over to their, their person that they're with and say like, Hey, it's a Pensacola, Florida. Hey, that's where we are. Did you see anyone do that? Because I saw like a few people or heard a few people. I saw on the screen, I looked around and didn't see anyone doing anything. But um, 
Yeah, as far as I know, I'm the only one in the theater who leaned over to the person I was with and was like, hey, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, because I, I didn't even I didn't even see it in Pensacola. I saw it in Gulf Breeze. And I tell you, like, I, I saw slash heard at least half the audience be like, hey, is that Pensacola? We're near Pensacola. <laughs> like something like that. My dad. But yeah. Um, um, my dad, when he. But yeah. Because he hasn't seen the movie, but he did read like in an article online that like there are right. scenes that supposedly take place in Pensacola. None of this movie was filmed in Pensacola, but. Um, but he, he did. Right, right. No, no. Whenever they show that, that like outward shot of like the bay of where their thing is, I was like. That doesn't no, look no, anything exactly. like Pentacle of Florida. Dad, um, was like, oh, so that's why the bridge got knocked out. <laughs> oh, <go>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I will agree that um, I don't know that we needed an entire team Godzilla. Um, it, it, you're right. It does just kind of feel like a way to even it out because we have a team King Kong. And um, for me, the thing is, um, uh, I, I like I like the focus on Kong in this movie because, again, I'm a bigger fan of King Kong than I am of Godzilla, personally. But... Um, yeah, this is clearly... This is clearly a... a this yeah. is clearly Kong's movie. And I like that. I like that. But it, it should just be noted that, like, this is a... It has both of them in it, but King Kong yeah. is the main focus of this movie. Yeah, I feel like Godzilla got top billing in this movie simply because um, between yeah between the two of them, he has more movies recently. And, like worldwide, that's going to get more recognition. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Especially in Asia, but um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like you could have called this movie something like Kong Hollow Earth and changed nothing about it. And it would have totally yeah worked. yeah it's like this is this is a kong movie uh featuring godzilla um yeah but uh i and and for me i was uh, at least a little bit invested in um the little deaf girl and rebecca hall's character be- because of their direct connection okay here's the thing the only character yeah the only character i really thought that was good was the little deaf girl like she, she has quote unquote lines. Like she, she does sign language, but she's the one character that can't physically speak, and yet she's the best character yeah. out of all the characters. Yeah, it's... I just thought that was like a little bit weird, but yeah, she's definitely the best like human character. In and with the um, um, with the weird mythology that they're trying to build up around Kong and Godzilla's like relationship to each other based on um you know this ancient stuff um i do i do understand why they they felt they needed humans with kong through the whole movie to like narrate what was going on because yeah you can pick up honestly you can pick up most of what they were trying to put down there through uh through context but some of it i do feel needed a little bit of that narration to be like yeah this is you know i get that my my biggest problem is like people maybe i guess it's just me because i don't see anyone else like addressing it it's like people are saying like they've addressed the issue of the last movie yes they addressed the issue of like not cutting away from fights and stuff like that 
I get that. But in terms of like less human stuff and more of the monsters, like, no, like, honestly, I think like there might be a little bit more monster Mm. stuff in this. I'd have to go back to watch King of the Monsters. There might be like equal amount of monster stuff Mm. in King of the Monsters. Um, just because you had so many monsters in that one. So you had to just keep looking at all of them. And I think, Um, I think another issue, sorry, sorry, just to get in here real quick. I think another issue with team and sorry, Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Brown. We're just going to call her Millie Brown. Um, cause that's too too many syllables for one person. Um, (laughs) uh, for Millie Brown's, um, character and her little team, I feel like a part of the issue with them is, because their team's motivation is figuring out what Godzilla's motivation is, they're not with their monster through the whole movie. So it just feels like, oh, it's just a group of humans that we're following. Whereas for Team Kong, they are with Kong through the whole movie. So, like, they are with the monster that yeah, we already yeah. care about through this whole movie. And so I feel like by proxy, it's easier to yeah. form a connection to that set of human characters because of their relationship with Kong. And yeah, like you said, they're like literally with him the whole time. So like most of the time, whenever you see one of them, one of the next few shots or scenes will be Kong yeah, because they're right there with him. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like you said, the, the whole Bobby Kiwi and uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan podcast guy. Like they're like they're all just it's pretty much like I said before, you could just do the podcast guy, shorten the scenes. You don't have to do the whole big exploration bull crap that they're doing. Um, just show little things here and there of the podcast guy. I honestly feel would have easily done it um, because like really the only purpose they play in the movie is one. We already mentioned you got to have that the humans that are king kong side and humans that are godzilla side that and then we have to have a reason for for him to spill soda or spill whiskey on the uh the computer that like now now mecha godzilla he's like frozen and now they can get their bearings and kick his butt and stuff they treat treat that moment in the movie like it's the culmination of a, a two separate character arcs one for podcaster guy and one for kiwi boy um, when in reality it's just like kind of the logical thing to do because he, he mentions early in the movie and I, yeah. as soon as he mentioned it I thought like okay well that was forced in there to uh, identify something that's going to happen later in the movie um, where he mentions his whiskey bottle and says the day this goes empty is the day you know I've given up it's like, and that sounds a little forced nobody talks yeah, about yeah. Um, <laughs> unless you're a complete dork yeah uh, <laughs> It's like okay, but um, yeah, yeah, and, and it clearly it clearly shows that okay, he's going to do something with the whiskey later, bottle later, um, or or something's going to happen with it, and then and then Kiwi Boy does the yeah. only useful thing he does throughout the entire movie and uses it to disrupt Mechagodzilla, um, which like. I, there, it, it's yeah. supposed to be a dumb fun movie. That's what I wanted. Also, is like. Part of my big complaint with the movie is like I walked into this movie thinking like this will be the better version of uh, God of the Monsters where it's mostly just looking at the fights. 
Like I'm, I'm here for fights. The movie is called King Kong versus Godzilla. We all know what we've signed up for. We're here for fights. Screw your human stuff. Let's do this. Like we know what we yeah. signed up for. Um, so we know it, it's going to be a, a dumb, fun movie. But like the whole like, hey, we've got this control panel of this super high tech thing. Which one? <clears throat> I should also mention the yeah. skull of Ghidorah thing is one of the dumbest. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. I mean, like it's it's fun. It's fun, but it's it's okay so ridiculous. That, um, personally, um, because. I'd almost be better if it was like if because they showed in the end credit scene of the last movie, like the yeah. a cutoff head of Ghidorah. I would almost think it'd be better if it was like that head, yeah. not skeletonized, because the skeleton form of it's just weird. Like one, the main reason they did the skeleton thing is because the yeah. chair thing looks cool. Where the Asian guy is sitting in the chair, that looks cool. That's the only reason they did that. It was a cool set piece. Yeah. That's the reason they did the skull thing. Because they realized they couldn't get a great set piece out of doing the whole head. I get that. The, it the just is, is um, I don't know. What they did to make it's a bit much. for this movie is they kind of combined two older characters, Mechagodzilla and Mechagidorah. Because um, Mechagodzilla in the original movies is um like pieces of the original Godzilla I think from the very first yeah, Godzilla yeah. movie or something and um cuz the original Godzilla the very first Godzilla from the very first Godzilla movie died and never came back so the very first Godzilla has always like been dead um but uh yeah. like so they took pieces or the brain or something of the original Godzilla and put it in a robot Godzilla and that was Mecha Godzilla. And they did the same thing for Ghidorah to make Mecha Ghidorah after Ghidorah died. Um so I feel like for this movie they kind of combined Mecha Godzilla and Mecha Ghidorah by putting Ghidorah's brain in Mecha Godzilla's frame. Um and then, you know, when the Japanese dude got fried, Ghidorah is essentially the one who took over. Which I should also mention for the listener, they didn't literally put Ghidorah's brain in it. It's more like, so Ghidorah has like some telepathical yeah, crap. They the, talk about that. Yeah. But they use the DNA from the, the skull, essentially. The three heads on Ghidorah's body were so far apart, they had to communicate telepathically. Which to me, yeah, sounds dumb. Because, yeah, there are three heads, but they all have the same spinal cord. I'm, I'm okay with that, honestly. <laughs> it's not yeah yeah it's just them having the same thought (laughs) yeah hey we had three motion capture guys they all think different (laughs) no no i mean like there there's dumb funness with all of these this one um again it's it's supposed to be a dumb fight movie so this is minor nitpicking. I'm not trying to say this is supposed to be 2014 Godzilla where it feels extremely real. Um, which, when you think about it, like between the 2014 Godzilla and you look at this, it oh, yeah, it's, it's changes all, it's, a lot. Like, three movies uh, later, it's already the difference between like the original Godzilla and like something from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it changes a whole lot. Especially, like, and you can also, like, think about this in, like, an MCU perspective. But technology changes yeah. very rapidly between 2014 to 2021 oh, yeah. or when also, yeah i think that's when this one's supposed to, to take place movie is also probably a huge part of why it's so different now yeah well no i'm just saying like technology like ramped up extremely because 2014 whenever you have the military trying to stop godzilla which they can't it's it's yeah. literally weapons that you see today um and then with this one it's like we've got We've got this ship that like can go in this this warp hole basically that goes into which hollow earth dimension. and and it's got which is like an alternate dimension, but the ship is like super futuristic it, it's it's like wow, like this company did a lot in yeah. seven years which um looking at at like the plot synopsis stuff on Wikipedia and things like that. Apparently this takes place five years after King of the Monsters. Yeah, it says Oh really? Plot okay. on Wikipedia. Five years after Godzilla defeated King Ghidorah, Kong is monitored by Monarch within a giant dome on Skull Island. Okay. I guess that, that makes sense because yeah, it, you you would think like uh, so basically for at least five years could be a little bit after or a little bit more for at least five years they've been working on Mecha Godzilla that makes more sense compared to like being like yeah it's only been like one or two years and we've got yeah, this thing which, ready to go. So yeah, I think they have officially like disconnected from like maintaining a one to one real world timeline. Then if that's the case, since King of the Monsters was only a couple. Yeah, years that's ago. fine. Um, yeah, I'm fine with so that. So they went ahead and did an MC. Yeah, uh, <laughs> with that one, which I'm okay with. I, I like I yeah. I feel like a movie series does need like a solid timeline, but I'm really okay with it not being like a one to one reflection of the timeline. At the end of the day, these these movies are just supposed to be like fun, uh, kind of dumb movies. They're not supposed to be like yeah. super thought provoking movies. Because with the way that cause so, Marvel has yeah. themselves in kind of a weird place with timeline stuff too right now because um, Marvel has a good couple of years before the real world catches up to where the Marvel universe is now timeline wise. Um, so, yeah. they've, so they've got a good couple of years to just tell basically post blip stories. Yeah. Um, uh, which is what they've been doing. Right, right. All three stories we've gotten so far have been post blip, um, like and focusing on the aftermath of Endgame, um, Far From Home, yeah. One Division, and Falcon and Winter Soldier all touch on what happened. And Loki isn't going to be any different because it's about an alternate Loki whose life was affected by the fact that he shouldn't exist. So, <laughs> so it's yeah. It's, we're going to be getting those stories from Marvel for a while. Um, and like I said, they got a good couple of years before we catch back up and they have to start moving forward again. But, um, but yeah, like for something like a giant monster movie series where it's like, Oh yeah, it's been a while and now technology progressed and we can just do whatever we want. Sci-fi wise. I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay with these movies coming up with whatever they yeah, need yeah. to have to justify the plot. Because like you said, these are just dumb these are dumb popcorn flicks and their quality shouldn't be judged based on like a plot or um like deep philosophical meaning. Uh the the quality of these movies really should yeah, be judged yeah. by the content of what are the monsters like and um how do they fight and how cool are the fights um cuz cuz i understand that yeah yeah the original exactly. godzilla the very first movie was a very poignant um and still quite recent uh metaphor for um something that japan was going through at the time and had gone through in their recent past. The original yeah, Godzilla yeah. is very culturally important to an entire country of people, um, which I, I have heard Japan described as the only post-apocalyptic society on our planet, which is very true. Um, yeah. Because they, they did essentially go through an apocalyptic event at the end of World War II. So, um, and Godzilla is a, you know, just one story that is a manifestation of that. Um, so, and now all these years later, it's turned into this massive franchise. And, um, so now I I feel like for as long as America is allowed to make Godzilla movies, because we don't have that same cultural context that they have for it, it's okay to just make kind of dumb popcorn-y Godzilla monster fight movies. Um, so yeah, like I, I feel like these movies shouldn't really be judged based on like the the normal film critiques that that you would approach on any other movie. With. Um, they're, they right, they should right. be judged based on how yeah. cool are the monster fights. Yeah, yeah, like, and, and that's a. Uh... Yeah, I pretty much agree with all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the whole the whole argument that I've been seeing on a lot of social media with the whole um, there, there's less human, more monster stuff. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe there's less focus on humans' subplots. And what I mean by like humans emotions and what they're going through and stuff like that but there's still a lot of focus on humans so like whenever i see that it just makes me think like whenever i was watching this movie i thought it was good but like anytime there was human stuff i was just like i was was going like all right come on let's wrap it up get get to the monsters i I don't care about this because you've you've made it to where like you have the humans in here okay if you're going to have the humans in here yeah. Give me something to latch yeah, on to. You've given me nothing. These humans are just there. I, I will give this to King of the Monsters. It, it's not amazing human drama and stuff like that. At least they have well, here's, some here's characterization. I, I feel like the At least there's that, some. Um, uh, the deaf girl has become such a popular character from this movie. Because she's the one I notice people talk, talking about the most. Um, and also why I think I kind of latched onto Rebecca Hall's character as well is because they are the two characters with a direct familial connection to one of the monsters. Kong is a, effectively a part of their family. Right. Um, because Kong considers those two his family. So 
as a result of that, yeah. because they're the only two characters with an actual personal connection to a monster um, that they actually care about and who cares about them, um, they are just automatically the two characters you connect with the most. Um, and th- really the only two characters I ended up truly caring about through the whole film other than the monsters. I almost feel like with any human yeah. stuff, just like look at them. I don't need to see business evil guy all the time. I don't need to see his daughter all the time, which I will say out of any of the characters, his daughter, like I'm yeah. sure she got paid well. The actress got paid well. Yeah. She did nothing in the movie, but they showed her a decent bit. Um, you could have, yeah, I don't know. I, she probably is like a big name she, actress, but I'm saying you could have put anyone in that role right and no one would have paid attention. She was in Bloodshot. Well, not, I didn't mean big, I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean big name actress. I yeah. mean like someone that's yeah, been in a few things at least. Like, like she's recognizable, which there's, right. there's still a lot to discuss about it, but yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I think I would have liked this movie so much more even more than king of the monsters because like you mentioned before this is one of my like out of the four movies i still haven't seen kong skull island i'll see it eventually um but out of the ones i've seen it's at like the bottom Mm. um i feel like how you make this movie at my top is if one i think the movie's too long mostly because of the whole human stuff you could probably i say probably you could easily have cut like 20 to 30 minutes of human stuff out and it it, hour and a half to hour and 40 minute movie and it'd be the movie i thought i was gonna go see it's still good but crazy to me because what i've heard is they already cut a ton of human stuff out of that movie to begin with really you need to cut more (laughs) (laughs) i came in there to see godzilla and king kong fight i don't care about your plot or anything like that if there's any plot i can pick it up through their faces and stuff like that yeah and then every now and then you could do a cut to a human reacting like oh godzilla oh king kong every now and then but it's brief another thing for me that i wanted to bring up also is just one more character that i felt actually um actually did kind of matter to the movie and that was scientist guy who um wanted to go to the hollow earth in the first place the one whose brother died on their expedition there um and he the one who defibrillated kong's heart um right i i think he actually did kind of matter to the movie because he actually had like a character arc where like he starts what was his character arc well he's uh it has to do with like courage because um, he starts off the movie being, like, scared pantsless by Kong, right? Doesn't want to go near yeah. him, doesn't even want to look at him. He's terrified of the thing. Um, but then by the end of the movie, he's risking his life to literally jumpstart this giant monkey's heart. Um, and almost, like, dies in the process. Um, okay, there, there's some there. I'm not going to yeah. say it's, like, a, a major character. I will say there, okay, with that, there is something there. Yeah, it's it's not... It's not Shakespeare, but you know it's something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like that also, plus his connection to the two characters who are connected. Yeah, to yeah. Also, kind of makes you care about him by proxy. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you only really care about the, the human characters if the monsters themselves care about them. 
So for me, it's like those are the three characters I cared about because Kong cared about them, and Godzilla don't care about right. nobody. So there's nobody on Team Godzilla who's worth like yeah, yeah, caring about. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla Again, brief podcast guy. That's it. So, but yeah, and I I really liked the 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 tag team fight against Mecha Godzilla and how like, um. Uh, Godzilla and Kong like used the axe together, like with Godzilla yeah, yeah, charging yeah. it up after after his fight with Kong to take Mecha Godzilla down. That was a fun moment. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and um, other than that, yeah. Um. I don't know. I I I like this one simply because I feel like the the monster fights that are in it to me, justify everything around it. Um, so, yeah. I, I almost feel like, and it, it, it's probably just a me thing, either either more monster fights or make them longer. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I want more. I, 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 I want to, person, I want to watch have, this. I, I could watch a giant monster fight for like an hour straight. So. Exactly. I want to watch this movie and basically what me and my my brother and my cousin, we used to play the GameCube game, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. It's an amazing game. Mm. It's, it's essentially a fighting game where you can like pick which monster you want to fight with and you're fighting in the city, basically. Yeah. It was really fun. I just wanted to see that, but put on the screen and it look a lot better. Yeah. That's all I I just want the fights. Yeah. Um, have you seen? Um, speaking of watching things fight for an hour, have have you seen Dragon Ball Super Broly yet? No, I still haven't. Well, I Eventually, I will. Years later, because uh, <laughs> because basically the way that I'm not going to spoil anything in it, but basically the way that movie goes is like it's two, it's almost two hours long, and like the first half is just very slow, building up, basically establishing why you should care about when Goku and Vegeta meet Broly. Um, right, and also very much establishing why you should care about Broly as a character, because um, it's a, basically it's a new version of Broly, because um, none of the old Broly stuff was actually canon to the Dragon Ball timeline. Um, right. Uh, so this is a, so like Dragon Ball Super Broly is Broly's first official appearance in the main Dragon Ball series, and um, so yeah, like the first half of the movie is meant to establish like why you should care about Broly and why it should matter that he's meeting Goku and Vegeta for the first time here. And then the entire right, right. second half of the movie, literally the entire second half of the movie from the moment the first punch is thrown is Goku and Vegeta's fight with Broly. Does it ever cut to a character with side notes? No, actually there's not a whole lot of narration other than from Frieza and Broly's dad just to kind of explain a couple okay. of things about how Broly's powers work. But other than that, yeah, yeah. like, and that all happens early on in the fight. Um, okay. I gotcha. And then like, there are moments where like Goku and Vegeta um, trick Broly into attacking Frieza in their place so they can do something. Um, like there right. are down moments, but there aren't a lot. Okay. It, it's, yeah. It's the only, the only reason I asked that was fight. because, yeah. The only reason I asked that is because, uh, 
with not all of them, but with like some of the Dragon Ball movies, they're able to do that pretty well to where like the second half is mostly focused on the fighting. Like every now and then there's the cut to someone briefly talking about the fight or whatever, but they're mostly focused on the fight. Yeah. Yeah. In, in super Broly, um, it's, yeah, it's a really, really well paced fight. It escalates really well. Um, and it, cause, uh, it's because like early on in the fight, like you think Vegeta's about to kill Broly because Vegeta has already ascended all the way to Super Saiyan God form while Broly was able yeah. to keep up while staying in his base form because um, Broly hadn't discovered any Super Saiyan powers yet. So like, it, yeah. And then like, you know, it's just as it progresses, like, and as Broly gets more powerful over the course of the fight, it's, it's very interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, I, I like, I like that with uh, with certain movies like that. I would have liked that a lot with this Godzilla Kong movie. Yeah. Um, and the, this movie's not bad. Again, I've said it like a million times. It's not bad. It's just like, uh, and this also might just be a me thing as well. I thought the first half, I just yeah, it's definitely me. The first half I felt was a lot better. I don't know, because cause like the, the opening credits had me pumped. They did great with the opening yeah. credits, where it's basically, it, it looks like a video game, basically, where it's like, this person has been knocked out of the tournament. This yeah, person has they, been knocked out like, of the tournament. Now we're going to the breath. championship fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the championship fight. I was like, yes, you guys know what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for a fight. And they kind of delivered. Yeah. Um. I wanted more fights, less of humans, but still good. Yeah, as it is right now, um, nobody is quite certain whether or not this will be the last movie in the MonsterVerse. Um, I sincerely hope that it does continue um, because I'd like to see more of both Godzilla and Kong and also like some other monsters. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like it would be... Uh, interesting to see um i i don't i don't know that they would ever go the route of like giving any of these monsters like their own like spin-off movies like they did with the old godzilla stuff um right like right. They, 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 they could very easily just keep this universe contained to godzilla and kong um yeah i don't need to see a megalon movie <laughs> like that that was the uh the beetle looking one the, I remember him from the video game. I don't need like those lame ones. I think I think they could make a, a Mothra movie interesting if they decided to go. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But they'd just have to put a lot of effort into it. But Megalon, uh, it's Gigan or Gigan, where it looks. I think it, might it be looks kind of like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> like his his head looks like a chicken's head. And you know, um. Rodan is still alive out there somewhere. He's yeah. one of the ones who Which, okay. Godzilla at the end of King of the Monsters. Yeah, you mentioning uh, Rodan has uh, made me think of something. It's also a minor complaint to this movie. I feel like there was a lot better um, sense of scale and weight with King of the Monsters yeah. compared to this movie. Yeah. Um, with King of the Monsters, they felt 
giant epic whenever you saw any punches or anything you felt like the weight of those punches and stuff like this whereas with this movie it's good but the punches you don't feel that giant weight of it it really does just feel like um two people like you're watching two people fight yeah. almost it's good I, it's good don't get me wrong but that that giant scale i do feel of like godzilla the aircraft carrier fight sold the scale better than the rest of the movie did um with the, especially with that shot yeah. between kong and godzilla when kong is going for that first punch um, yeah like yeah a ground shot looking upwards yeah 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 up. like that it, that sold the scale pretty well but you're right like it, the hong kong fights um didn't quite sell the scale well it, it you're right it felt like three guys in costumes fighting on a set of miniatures and the Hong Kong fight is good, but that also might be why I prefer the Navy ship one more is because, yeah, you'd mentioned that first punch. You feel that that sense of scale. The Hong Kong one, you should feel that sense of scale as well as, well as like horror almost, because like if they had more ground shots or, or or something where you feel that sense of scale, where as well as like the slow-mo with it. Um I feel like you'd feel that more sense of scale as well as like, Oh my gosh, like that building just got destroyed. There were probably hundreds or thousands of people in it. Whereas with this fight, you're, you you do not even think about that at all. It's just like, yeah, they're punching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at the way they use the environment to their advantage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, wait, you're telling me thousands of people die. Yeah, eh, it's like, one thing that I was thinking while watching it when like Godzilla is just sweeping the city trying to hit Kong with his nuclear breath. Um, yeah. All I could think was like, this is like nine 11 times a billion. Oh yeah, for sure. Like whenever all this was going on, cause there's some YouTube channels that will do like uh, the ground perspective, like a lot of Marvel stuff. They'll do like a character on the ground perspective, like a, a, a short like comedy clip or comedy sketch or whatever it'll be that person on the ground's perspective of this crazy avengers thing and they're like oh my gosh so much is being trashed or whatever you could easily do one of those sketches with this movie where it's like oh my gosh my my parents their their heads got melted off oh my gosh and yeah they just see all this chaos but you but you as the viewer, as well as seeing like the the characters at the end where they're like, "Yeah, we did it," like that's how you feel. It's like, "Yeah, we did it," but then you see those ground characters. They're like, "Oh, I got I'm gonna PTSD for the rest of my life." Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. That, um, it's a cool fight, though. Cool fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's a great great conclusion on the fight. No, it is good, but I, with that sense of scale thing, I, I definitely do think that might be why I like King of the Monsters more is because of sense of scale. And yes, they they don't always show the fights as clearly, and <clears throat> I'm actually okay with that. I will say, I'll have to watch it again. I do get the complaint about like uh, them always cutting to characters and talking about the fight and stuff. Uh, I felt like they did that better in King of the Monsters, though. They do that very little in this movie, but whenever it happens in this movie, it doesn't 
matter. None of the stuff they say matters. Whereas with King of the Monsters, it does kind of matter what they're saying, even though you do want to see the monster fight. Um, but with those those fights and stuff in King of the Monster, I, I just love the scale. I, I'm actually okay with the rain and all that stuff that was happening with the, the Ghidorah and and uh, Godzilla fights and stuff because it showed the ground perspective and it showed the rain and all that. It just showed how epic and powerful Ghidorah was, yeah. basically. Um, and I really like that. And I like one of my favorite th- things from that movie. Um, one, it's the Ghidorah thing. It's the shot that's probably on a ton of people's laptops as their wallpaper where Ghidorah lands on the yeah. volcano spreads his wings and you see all the monsters bowing even with that shot showing all the monsters you still get a sense of scale with that um but that's not even my favorite thing my favorite thing from that movie was rodan rodan whenever he was sweeping through he was flying above the city like five hundred thousand feet in the sky and he's just causing this hurricane in the city oh my gosh that is rodan's awakening in that movie is one of the best scenes in any of these movies so far honestly is it's a terrifying moment too just to think about something Mm -hmm. that big um that's also because I do like the fights with these movies, but I also do want to have that like sense of terror with it. That these are giant beasts. These are giant beings. These are, I mean, essentially with, uh, with the title of the last movie, these are like gods basically yeah. fighting. We're just ants scattered about as they're doing yeah. so. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, for me, I like Godzilla versus Kong simply because it gave me a few good fights. And that's honestly all I want from a movie. So for, for yeah. me, it gets a, it gets a thumbs up. It gets a thumbs up from me as well. Even though I have complaints with human stuff and some complaints with scaling, it's still a thumbs up. I will say though, I don't feel like um, during fights, at least, because obviously, like the plot and mythology had to be explained by human characters, but in Godzilla versus Kong, I don't feel like the fights themselves were being explained to me. Like I don't feel like they ever took time to do that; they just let them play out. Yeah, for the most part. Whereas in King of the Monsters, they're always cutting away and being like, "Oh, dude, did you see that? That was epic! Whoa!" The thing I this is to go even further beyond. You know what character I didn't realize what character it was until I had to Google the movie. The Asian yeah, character, yeah. the guy that's working is, is the, the son of uh, the let them fight yeah, Godzilla yeah, and, guy. And that, that's something that a lot of people have been pointing out. I noticed it um, because I remembered the character's name. He's the only character whose name I remembered from the previous movie, Serizawa. Um, uh, played by Ken Watanabe. Um, yeah, and, uh, he, yeah. I uh, uh, um, like I noticed it because they called him Sarazawa in the movie, and I was like, "Wait a minute, is that <laughs> is that supposed to be his son?" Or did they just forget that they already had that character in the movie. <laughs> yeah, like I, I had no idea who that character was until I was like <clears throat> looking up yeah. the movie. And I, I saw, like, looking up the movie afterwards, and I saw that, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, too bad they, like, 
I mean, I guess it'd be too much like exposition yeah, to be like, yeah, this is so and so's son. Like, that's that's one of the things but, that they I cut don't know. from the movie. Um, yeah, and the, but the studios are probably thinking like, ah, he's an Asian guy with a Japanese name. Nobody's gonna notice. That is the thing, though, is like, because. <clears throat> I don't know. You, you don't have characterization with any character in this movie, or most of them. But like that's fine because we're mostly focused on the fights. But that little tiny tidbit, like I feel like you could have cut out some of the boring Bobby Kiwi and Joe Rogan stuff. Cut out like maybe one minute of that. Just have like one minute of uh, Asian Sun guy, where it just mentioning that or something. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Because not everyone's going to look up the movie afterwards yeah. and and see that, oh, that's his son. Okay, that's kind of cool. Seeing where he's differed from his father's yeah. legacy. That's kind of cool. Though, it's not really super relevant to the movie either. It's not, but it's like one of those like little tidbit, little, again, minor characterization stuff that, that can make your mind expand on it later. Yeah, because I definitely would have that that thought after the movie. It, they don't say it in the movie, but if they had that little part talking about him as the son, I would have had that thought afterwards of like, man, like how he changes and differs from his father's legacy is is interesting, yeah. and it, it's kind of sad to see how he changed from that that perspective that his yeah. father had. I, to I, I think I'm thinking to too much about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then died. Yeah, and then died. Gidor up fried his brain. Yeah. Oh, there goes my dog. Nice. She senses Godzilla coming up on the bay. <laughs> wipe out quote unquote Pensacola, yeah, Florida. Pensacola, Hawaii, Florida. Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, it says here in the Wikipedia article that principal photography began in November 2018 in Hawaii, Australia, and Hong Kong. Just a second. I need to go shut my dog. <sighs> well, now she's barking outside. I can hear her outside in the window. <laughs> Oh, okay. I can't hear. But yeah, like the Pensacola thing, like uh, I just thought about it like one, obviously budget wise, you can't just keep going place to place to place. I get that. I also thought of like another minor reason of like why not to shoot anything in Pensacola is because they've shot like a few small movies before in Pensacola like there was a Nick Cage one or something like that, like a few years ago and people lose their mind in Pensacola. Whenever a movie as small as a crappy neat Nick yeah. Cage movie, whenever it's being filmed there, everyone's losing their mind. They're going to be like, Oh, we got to like get on set. we got to be an extra. We got to get this in the news. Hey, Hey, look at us. And they'll just cause so much disruption I to the movie. Um, a couple scenes for one of the more recent Mission Impossible movies was filmed here, wasn't it? 
I, I really? thought I heard that somewhere. I might be wrong. Huh. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like what would be a good scene <laughs> to film in Pensacola. Uh, maybe yeah, a beach I scene. I got no idea. We we filmed. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. But with a cafe scene, it's like you could film anywhere. Why did you yeah. decide Pensacola? Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> wrong. They 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 filmed. Tom Hanks. They wanted uh, emerald colored waters, and they wanted or Tom not Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks is in. Movie. Yes, yes. I want Tom Hanks to be in I Mission Impossible. Want yes. To see Tom Hanks. Um, do his own do his stunts, own stunts and also do one of those really really long running takes that Tom Cruise always does in these movies. With yes, the yes, yes, yes. but you just see by the end of it like because he's he's so much older now he's just like out of breath he's like (laughs) (laughs) he's like half dying put tom hanks post covid19 because he was diagnosed with it early on um yeah do one of these and just see how his lungs react trying to think of like out of all the tom cruise stunts that he's done for mission possible what which one would i want to see tom hanks do maybe hang from the side of the plane <laughs> i could just <laughs> that'd be interesting tom hanks has yelled in enough movies that i can imagine it pretty clearly in my head i just imagine that ah! tom hanks yells as he's on the outside of a plane dangling on yeah oh yeah Yes, I need that. I need Tom Hanks, the action star. I need, I need it like, uh, like uh, yeah. Bob Odenkirk, the guy that played yeah, oh Saul in uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, how in Nobody he's like super awesome. Like I, I need that for Tom Hanks. Yeah, Denzel got to have the equalizer. Bob Odenkirk gets to yeah. have nobody. Um. There are others who are older and they're doing action stuff now um, that I can't think of off the top of my head. But yes, like give Tom Hanks one of those ridiculous old guy beating up bad guys movies. I'm trying to think of a ridiculous like old guy beating up bad guy movie premise because like I, I don't want him to be like uh, XCIA or whatever like. Denzel Washington character is or Liam Neeson's character is in all those movies. I want it to be something ridiculous to where you're like, Tom Hanks was this. Um, I think, funny thing. Uh, I think that a term has kind of been coined for this genre, like sort of subgenre of movie. Um, I heard it on the story break podcast. Um, Vengeance dad, I think is what you would refer to one of the movies as. Yeah. Like it's sort of its own subgenre. Like Taken equalizer even though he's not actually dead in that movie he still kind of fits that you know mold yeah nobody um vengeance dad is one of the more recent power fantasies to have been run through hollywood yeah let's see tom hanks as he was 
a Yakuza oh member <laughs> <laughs> way back in the day. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I was a part of the Yakuza. We we skin people's faces and and put them on other people's faces. Yes. This nice Tom Hanks being this guy. And he says, only mistake I ever made in my life. Tell you that much. (laughs) And like, he, it's like all these other movies. He's like this nice dad type character. And then later the, it switches later on in the movie. You're like, holy crap. But like, you see him as like the, the business dad guy or, or like the, not even business dad, just like the, the hiya neighbor type dad guy where he's got he's got a shirt tucked in and all that he's wearing khakis all that stuff you see all that he's wearing glasses just a a, (laughs) yeah typical dad and something happens something similar to nobody where like he gets the past gets drugged up basically um and like you see him the facial switch where he's like "Hmm." and then you just start seeing him speak like fluent (laughs) japanese but he's doing it like very scarily and like he like goes to his closet and he like punches in some buttons or opens a hidden compartment and there's just like weapons and like all kinds of different stuff and he takes off he finally takes off that that nice polo that he's had tucked in he takes it off he's got like this giant tattoo on his back like a fish or something yes (laughs) yes I want this so bad because it's so stupid. All these movies are kind of yeah. stupid, but they're fun. They're really fun movie. Tom Hanks is. I want this. What's a good a good title for that? I'm trying to Guy think. Guy Let me see. <clears throat> What's a name for a Yakuza guy that's like falling out? Let me see. see. See, for me, I, w- I would think Guy Jean would be a good name for it because he's a white dude who obviously would have had to have gone to Japan for a while. And gaijin is their word for like dirty foreigner. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, Ga- yeah. That gaijin works perfectly. Like, as far as I understand, like a rude way to say foreigner. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, and you even have even have uh, a scene in this movie because they do it sometimes with these movies. They did it in Nobody. I think that's even in the trailer where he's like, me. I'm nobody. And there's like, oh, he, he said the name of the movie. He said the name. You have that with this as well, where like uh, <clears throat> someone's like one of the old Yakuza members. He's like speaking Japanese and he says Gaijin at the end. And Tom Hanks, he's like, mm, I hate it when you say that name. And then just goes off on him, just yeah. slaughters like, him. Yeah, like like the plot of the movie is that like Tom Hanks's like daughter or something gets kidnapped by like the old yakuza who are like, you think you can just run away? And uh, <laughs> and, and he has to go to Japan to get them <laughs> to get them back. Yes. Oh my gosh, I want this so bad. This is the stupidest. <laughs> It's so stupid, but like you'll see in my recommendation list, like yeah. I love stupid movies. So Tom Hanks, yeah, I want this. Gaijin. So yeah, this Rated R starts. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, because <clears throat> a lot of credits or a lot of trailers, it has like shows the trailer, 
Um, then at the end, it shows like like what you're saying, that Tom Hanks is Guy Gene. It shows the title card. And then it has like a five to ten minute or five to ten second clip after that. Um, the five to ten second clip after that uh, is Tom Hanks literally with uh, – he either has brass knuckles on and is just like doing like a John Wick type fight or he has like a katana. And he's doing like a katana type John Wick type fight. That's your five to ten <laughs> second clip at the end. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, so, some of them will have like, um, like they'll punctuate like the very end of the trailer with like a joke or like a humorous moment from the movie. Um, and uh, like you just have a scene where like someone's asking like, so what do you do for a living? And he's like, uh, and then you cut to him like mowing through people with a katana. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep, yep. That's the perfect end of the five to ten seconds. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And yeah, yeah, you have it in the the Tom Hanks like dad type voice where he's like, ah, uh, like he's like <laughs> <laughs> thinking. And then yeah, cut to him just being totally just, awesome. It's got to be some sort of pun on um. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Finance, it's like that's not specific enough. <laughs> that's not a, that's not a pun. Um, not foreign marketing. That's not that's not a pun either. I don't know, but that um, actually does kind of work for this. I think. The foreign marketing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, foreign, foreign something. Maybe not marketing. Something that like is like. A trade but it could also um be as like oh like illegal or like fighting type stuff foreign you know what guy i can't like this is tom hanks he's been standing there thinking this whole time i can't think of it i i kill yakuza guys what do you want from me oh god oh my god (laughs) (laughs) or he looks because he's tom hanks and he's wearing his polo tucked in and khakis glasses on look doesn't look intimidating at all the guy asks him the question tom hanks says like oh i i work i used to work for the yakuza and now i'm out to kill him or or i used to work for the yakuza now they're out to kill me and the neighbor's like oh tom you're so funny with your jokes because clearly Tom Hanks isn't Mr. Gaijin. I want this that, movie now. That, that would be that Come would on, be Hollywood. <clears throat> if Bob Odenkirk can be this awesome nobody guy, Tom Hanks can be this awesome <laughs> ex-Yakuza guy. I mean, just think how old Samuel L. Jackson is, and he's still doing action movies. He doesn't do a whole yeah, that is true. Actually, he still manages to be like the like the coolest character in any movie he's in. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Oh wow, I didn't realize how old Tom Hanks is. He's sixty four. Yeah, he's getting up there. Let's see. Okay, he's not that far off from Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk's fifty eight. That's all good. If Bob can do it, anyone can. 
That's that's what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of our action icons these days are still the same like the old guys who were young back when they first became action icons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when when, when people think of yeah, action still got... today, even with as old as they are, they still go to Bruce Willis, Schwarzenegger, Stallone. Yeah, and I'm I mean like I still I want to go back and watch these. I didn't watch them when they came out because I was like in like early high school. I had like a film snobby attitude. I like hate that I had that. Um, I was like, oh, got to watch this type of movie. It's got to be indie or or whatever. Um, But like, and I thought the movies I'm talking about, I thought The Expendables was like stupid or whatever. I want to watch them now. Just because it is the premise of the movies, or yeah, it's bring all the old action guys back, and now they're older, but they still kick butt, and they're all on a team. And like today, in today's time, I'm like, that sounds awesome. As stupid yeah, as it is, that sounds awesome. Um, 80s action movie Avengers. Where, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's just all the classic action stars in one big movie together. But yeah, my yeah. mom uh, likes the Expendables movies, so I haven't seen one myself yet. But um, yeah, yeah. I gotta watch them sometime. Yeah, that's on my list. Yeah, I try not to be super snobby about movies because it's like you know whatever a movie's a movie. Um, I I try not to be super snobby about yeah. anything I enjoy because like that's super gatekeepy, and I I don't. I don't like you know exactly yeah keeper that's that's a part of um back when i used to do a youtube channel also called store brand comics like my entire goal was to make it easier for new people to get into comic books because i didn't like the very gatekeepy attitude that a lot of longtime comic book fans have on the internet uh yeah and, and yeah it might not be the majority of comic fans but it's at least like the majority of those that are yeah. online and vocal yeah. is it's very gatekeeping. Because for nerds, our social currency is knowledge. How much we know about a thing determines our, our standing. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when it comes to like yeah. comic book stuff. Um, but yeah, so like for me, it's like, oh, well, then I may as well just provide as much information as possible for free so that new people uh, can just get in. Yeah, you're you're dishing out um, those those nerd stimulus checks for people. And you see, the thing is that the best part is giving out this knowledge um, doesn't mean I lose it. So <laughs> it's not like giving out money. Yeah, like yeah. You only have so much to give out. Anyway, giving out knowledge is like, yeah, I just I can just do this. Man, it, it's even <clears throat> more like the stimulus checks then, because you give it out, but then like you still have it, and also people have this knowledge, and then they put it out into the rest of the community, and then you get back from that that put yeah, out to the rest of the community. Yes. Well, also just the economy itself. You give it out, but they're just putting it back into the economy, and ultimately, you're getting something back 
by the end of it yeah. through it going in the economy. All righty. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Right. Yeah. So I, I try not to be super snobby about what I take in. Cause it's like, it doesn't matter if it's a popcorn flick. Cause I'm not super into like, at least not <clears throat> the like live action films. I'm not super into all the like indie stuff um, or Oscar bait or um, any of the like super artsy things in, in film. When it comes to live action movies, I have a very particular set of tastes. Um, and I don't really venture yeah, outside gotcha. them. Now, if it's animated, um, I am more than willing to travel outside my comfort zone for a cartoon. Um, like you could put yeah. any kind of story in front of me; it could be something I would never even consider watching in live action. If you animate it, I will watch it. Um, because yeah. I'm just like that willing to be on board with a cartoon. Animation is something I care a lot about. Um, and, uh, it's just one of those things where like, yeah, I'll, I'll, what, this is like a, like, like, uh, some sort of chick flicky romance thing. Sure. I'll watch it. It's a, if it's a cartoon, <laughs> um, I even have, one, yeah, I have, I have a movie, I'd, I'd say, um, through the mail called another day of life, which is about, um, the, the. I think they were called like the, the Bush Wars in Angola in like the seventies. I I I don't remember all the details of it, but it's like, part, yeah. It's oh, the animation looks great part, for it. Um, animated movie, um, and it's and I'm yeah. I'm super excited to see it. Um, but it's the sort of thing where I wouldn't have even considered it if it was just all live action documentary stuff. Um, right, but right. Now I am I about gotcha. to actually, you know culture myself through something I didn't even know like was a thing um, simply because yeah. someone animated it. Yeah. I'd say like um, I'm still I, I'm, I'm into like both like your summer blockbusters as well as like super indie stuff today. I would say I was like way more into the indie oscar bait type crap back in like early high school i still watch some of that nowadays um the stuff that's like clearly not or or it it could earn an oscar but it's not like just trying to earn an oscar it doesn't feel like they're that's all the movie was made for um but and, and also like nowadays it's i watch indie stuff but it's it's the indie stuff as well as like B movie type stuff where it's like low budget in the sense of like uh it might not look that great but it's like super entertaining and plus it's just like you can almost put yourself in the filmmaker's shoes it's similar yeah. to like something like clerks where it's like this feels fun like this feels like a group of friends making this movie um and as like a creative person i i like to watch some of that type of stuff sometimes where it's like, Oh, like this, this this feels fun. Like I'm having a great time with the movie, but I'm also imagining like the crew kind of having a fun time with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't watch a whole lot of B movies. Um, 
There's some, I'm actually going to recommend one once we get to recommendations that I watched recently. <laughs> there's some that are like, there's, they're yeah. purposely like so stupid, but they're like, they're, they're so entertaining at least. Um, yeah. There's some that are like, they're trying to be <clears throat> one movie. Like they're trying to be like uh, the next die hard or whatever when it comes to like your b movie yeah. your b action movies um to where a lot of those are just like uh this is just like a knockoff version of a better movie but the b movies that play into the b movie uh stigma and stuff those can usually turn out pretty good all right Alrighty. um i think we're going to um move on to plugs and recommendations then all righty brandon if you don't give me plugs and recommendations right now i will make a wax figure replica of you and put it in a museum oh i'm flattered I guess I've got nothing to say. I won't give plugs and recommendations of. I want to see this. But it won't be um, a very flattering image of you. I'm going to base it on like, I'm going to find a stupid photo of you and base it on that. Oh, I've actually got the the photo in mind. I don't <laughs> want that. <laughs> I got told I look like a praying mantis in that photo. I don't want that. Okay, I guess I'll I'll give you what you want. Um, so plugs, <clears throat> Disney Comics, D I S M A Y Comics, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the Gallows Man number one uh, goes live on Kickstarter May fourth. Um, has no has nothing to do with Star Wars, no sci fi elements, but hey. Coming out on May 4th, baby. Yeah. Uh, Um, I guess like partial ties to Star Wars is the Empire's pretty much Nazis. And there's Nazis in this book. Um, So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, Nazis. uh, Yeah. (laughs) No, we're not cheering for Nazis. We're cheering for the downfall of Nazis because... The Nazis in Star Wars get their comeuppets just as the Nazis in the Gallows Man get their comeuppets. That's what we're cheering for, people. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there's that. Um, Recommendations, recommendations. I'm trying to think if I have any more than this one. I guess not. Um, I've got one movie recommendation. Um, and then I can briefly talk about some show stuff. Their recommendations, so it's more slight discussion stuff. Um, I watched a B movie a couple weeks ago. I heard about it like a couple months ago, but I couldn't see it because I don't think it was on, or I didn't want to see it on like video on demand because it was like rent for eight or nine dollars. I was like, I'm not going to rent a movie for eight or nine dollars. Um, but it came out on DVD and it was like 12 bucks. So I waited till it came out on DVD and it's called psycho Goreman, psycho Goreman, or PG for short. Oh, you know, uh, I think I've heard of this one too. I want to really? see this one. 
Yes. Okay. So this is a B movie, Tio. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's it's really low budget. I think it was, it was made less than fifty thousand dollars, in somewhere in between like thirty and forty thousand. But for those that don't know, Psycho Goreman, what it's about is it's this this evil. I mean, like truly evil being slash entity that has been like banished to earth and has been like living like underground in like a little coffin that's like keeping him there. It's like keeping him asleep and it's keeping him there and it's there and he should never be released. True evil and like truly powerful as well. Um, but these two kids, um, Mimi and I think her brother's Luke, um, so yeah, there's more characterization in this than Kong versus Godzilla, but th- th- there's not supposed to be any in that movie. I remember these characters' names at least. Um, Mimi and Luke, they're like, Luke's like a, a normal kid, whereas Mimi is just like one of the most annoying, slightly bratty kids ever. And like, she doesn't have the best parents. Like they never tell her like Mimi knock it off or anything like that. So it just kind of shows how she's like this a little bit, but she's like a slight bit evil, but more just like she's got issues, but the movie, like her being annoying, it's meant to be that way. Like that's what the movie's playing her out as, but this movie, it's mostly supposed to be like a horror action comedy. And Mimi and her brother stumble upon, or no, no, Mimi wants her brother. They're playing like some game. It's similar to dodgeball. They explain it in the movie. And if you get the DVD, um, you get a little pamphlet and you can look up. The pamphlet has a link online of the rules of the specific dodgeball game. And it's like 30 or 40 pages long. Like they did this on purpose. They put a lot of lore into this movie, which is really funny. Um, but they play this dodgeball game and she said, as they were playing it, if you lose, I get to bury you. Um, and he's like, okay. And he loses. So at night she's like, all right, dig a hole. And he's been digging a hole all night and he digs a giant hole. And then, he's digging the hole and they stumble upon the coffin thing. And Mimi accidentally opens the coffin thing. And eventually you have this true evil entity, psycho gore man. That's what she calls him. I forgot his actual name. Um, He comes out and he, he's like a destroyer of worlds, basically that type of power of evil. And basically Mimi takes this gym or whatever. That's like, kind of linked with psycho Goreman. And as long as she has it, he can't kill her. And like, as long as she has it, she can kind of command him to do what she wants. And at the hands of like an annoying kind of bratty girl, that's not the best thing, but it's also one of the funniest things seeing that. Um, and it, it just plays out crazily. One thing in the movie is like, you have all these different, like, beings that are like super powerful and stuff that try to come and stop psycho gore man, that sort of stuff. Um, and they're like different aliens and stuff. And the costuming is really good. It's, it's similar. 
I say really good in the sense like I like the creativity in it. Um, it's very similar to like Power Rangers costuming where it's like this is clearly a dude in the costume. Like the monsters and stuff in Power Rangers, it's like that. Mm. But it, it's really well done, um, especially for how low the budget was. <clears throat> but essentially these two little kids are in control of this super evil entity and there's a lot of humor that goes with that um the movie it's if you're looking for like something like smart or anything like that this isn't that this is just supposed to be a stupid fun entertaining movie with like some funny things in it that also like uh kind of use some tropes in movies like there's one scene where they go to like a thrift store or whatever with psycho Gorman, and they have like the montage of like him trying on outfits and different stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah like stupid stuff like that. There's one, <laughs> there's like a, a lot of funny lines and jokes in the movie. There's one that like, I find really funny, especially with psycho Gorman because this character is the super evil being. And, like, he's got the super deep evil voice where he's like, I will destroy this world. Like, that type of yeah. stuff. Um, and there's one scene. They keep him in this, like, abandoned shack or warehouse area in the woods um, before they bring him to their house. And they leave some stuff with him to, like, get him to learn about Earth stuff. That's one thing I should mention. This movie feels like a dark version of et kind of psycho gorman psycho gorman feels a lot like et but just like an evil dark version of it kind of um and so like they come back overnight and like uh mimi or someone's like hey like or psycho gorman's talking and he's like giving this speech or whatever oh psycho gorman's telling them about his past like he was this this um the slave on this planet who was enslaved for thousands of years. And then one day he stumbled upon like this enchantment that allowed him to rise up and destroy his, his uh, slave owners and stuff. And to, to then go on and destroy worlds because of all that was done to him. And he's saying all this. And at the end, Mimi's like, yeah, 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 shut up. No one cares. Like, <laughs> these little kids have, like, short attention spans. <laughs> so they just, like, cut him off in the middle of his backstory. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, who cares? Let's play, let's play dodgeball, right? Let's do that type of stuff. And, like, uh, after she does that, she's like, here, look at this book. Um, maybe you'll like these – or look at this book with these hunky guys or hunky boys in it. And it's like an Abercrombie and Finch, like, catalog or whatever. And like Psycho Goreman has the book. He's like, I do not care for hunky boys. And then like slowly zooms in on his face. He's like, or do I? <laughs> Cause he's like, look, he's like looking at the page as he's doing that. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I really but yeah, there, it's, it's a, it's stupid, but it's so fun. And, and, funny with its stupidness yeah i I, I, (laughs) just zooms in or do do i yeah it's funny (laughs) 
Yeah, I remember seeing a trailer yeah, Psycho Gorman. months ago, and I was like, oh, that looks really fun. I should remember that, and then I forgot about it. Yeah, it's great. Like, uh, oh, one thing. Um, I'm actually moving back to Florida in, like, less than a month. Sometime in May, we need to have, like, a movie night or something like that. I can bring Psycho Gorman. Yes. You can finally okay. see it. And I can also see one of the animated things or whatever that you've mentioned a lot that I still haven't yeah, seen. Probably, you know what? I'll probably bring Dragon Ball Super Broly because that's one that keeps coming up. Nice. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll have, yeah, we'll have to do that. Maybe try to invite Michael to play, yeah. and, you know, a couple other people. Yeah, yeah. Have just, yeah, just a, a movie yeah. night, have a party out of it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, what would be perfect is like... um depends on how long the night is each person bring a a a movie yeah. essentially yeah that's what i was thinking yeah me, me, and, uh, yeah. me and clay and michael um a few weeks ago just had a night where like all three of us picked one anime series and we we all watched five episodes each of that anime um to, oh, to nice. get yeah, each other into it michael's pick was demon slayer it was really good uh clay's pick was jojo's bizarre adventure which we watched the first five episodes of part three for that um and then my pick was attack on titan oh they haven't seen attack Michael on titan has seen the first half of season one and never continued it but clay never saw attack on titan so okay i gotcha um, which by the way i think um I think as of episode 75 for attack on titan um they're taking a break and they're going to finish the season early next year um oh so they're not they're done not with done it? with it um they're they're, they're, oh, they're okay. doing like the last half of it next year so okay it, i got that. so it's yeah kind of two final seasons but uh <laughs> so okay i will let you know once episode 75 is dubbed um so that you can just because yeah I, let I know me know too, the yeah. dub so you can binge it so, yeah yeah exactly um, but i've been watching the dub week to week so i'll let you know when episode 75 is dubbed so you can make time to watch it yeah, like I, I'm in like such a great mood after yesterday. Yesterday, I turned in one of my last like giant papers and like I have no more papers the rest of the semester. Like all I've got is like finals really, but like finals aren't bad. It's it's 12, it's like 10 to 15 page long papers that I have to do all the time. Those are like exhausting. But now that I'm done with those, like I have like so much more free time where like last night for the first time in like a month i had an evening to myself mm. i was like what do i do and i ultimately just like didn't know what to do i was like i i don't remember what this feels like, like. what do i do I? <laughs> and like i i watched that's whenever i caught up on all of invincible i caught up on all of uh falcon winter soldier and then it was like nine o'clock by that point i was like well, what do I do now? Like, I don't. You look in all your all your long like... boxes of comic books, and you're like, "Is this who I am?" <laughs> <laughs> you, you look at your your DVD collection, and you're like, "Is this who I am?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I felt lost last night. Luckily, with today, because um, I, I still have like a pretty free day. Luckily, with today, I'm staying busy with this podcast. After this podcast, I've got to listen to a class lecture. And then after that, I've got the uh, the thing tonight on YouTube. So luckily, I'm staying busy today. 
But after today, it's like, oh, <laughs> what do I do with my life? But um, so, yeah, Psycho Goreman, I highly recommend that. One more B movie. I saw this a long time ago, but it should be mentioned because I think it's also a really good B movie. And because you had mentioned you haven't seen some B movies and you, you don't care for them. This one um, is divisive. Uh, <laughs> it, it's 50, 50, you either like it or not. I like it. It's called Velocipastor. I almost said that wrong. Velocipastor. Velocipastor. Okay, I want to see if I can guess what based on the name. I was about to say, based on the name, what do you think the movie is it about? Is about a a preacher who has dinosaur powers. You're pretty much spot okay. on. You're you're pretty much spot on. Yeah. Um, this movie I saw it like two years ago, maybe. It was like shortly after it came out. I watched it and I like at the time after I watched it, I was like, I really like this. I got to see if anyone else has seen it. And like, no one was talking about it on YouTube. Like there was like a few channels with like a thousand views in the, the, the video where I was like, dang man, like this movie's being slept on. And then I, I looked up today cause I was thinking about B movies cause I was thinking about psycho Gorman. I looked up today and like 10 months ago there was, uh, Elvis the Alien and like uh, Cody Co made videos about it that have like a million views or so, and I was like, oh, okay, so now it's getting some recognition. Okay, good. Um, but so yeah, Velocipastor, it's dumber than Psycho Goreman. I should mention that first. Um, this movie feels like they purposely made a B movie slash a crappy movie. They very leaned into the, the B movie side of things. You can see this within the first like two or three minutes of the movie. This isn't spoiling anything. The first two or three minutes of the movie, you have this pastor as name as title implies. You have this pastor. He's given a sermon and church is closing out. And he's walking out of the church and he sees his parents across the street and they're like purposely like over exaggerating, like waving. They're like waving out and they're like, Hey son. Hey son. And he's like, hi mom and dad. Hi, <laughs> something like that. And it shows them next to this car. And like the frame is like weird because it shows them and the car. And you're like, something's something's about to happen the way it's framed, something's about to happen. And all of a sudden the car, I forgot what it was. The car explodes or like someone, I think it explodes, but then it shows the pastor's face. He's like, Oh no, my parents. And like, it goes back to the shot of the parents in the car. And like, it shows them like laying down dead and it has like a, uh, a text box saying like um, uh, insert car explosion here or something like that. Where like, <laughs> like the editor, the, the VFX person was supposed to do it, but because it costs so much money, they're like insert car explosion <laughs> here. 
It's what? stupid. Yeah. And then, like, uh, I'm trying to think. There's some more stuff in the movie. Like, later on, there's ninjas involved. And um, there's a fight. And I, I completely forgot about the whole Velasa pastor thing. I haven't mentioned this yet. <clears throat> Eventually, the, the pastor, he to get away from this trauma that he's experienced. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about this. There's another pastor that he consults with. And the pastor, I remember one of the things he said, he said, uh, Mark, you just have to understand people die. Or he says like, you have to understand parents die. Like this is him consoling this guy. He's like, parents die. It happens. And he's like, you know what you should do? You should go on a trip. You should get away, go to a foreign land. And so <clears throat> the pastor goes on like a finding himself type trip. And like he's, you see him walking through the woods. In the woods, it looks like any United States woods. This looks like Virginia um, on a hiking trail or something like that. Or, or Pensacola, <laughs> like one of the, the UWF hiking tra- yeah. trails or something. He's just hiking. It's clearly like United States woods. And he's walking. He's like, he takes a deep breath. He's like, ah, China. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, okay. He's in China. Okay. Not only is it a B movie, but it sounds like it's also just spoofing on the concept of the B movie. Yes, it really is. It really is. Yeah, yeah. That's like a great way to put it. It definitely is. And yeah, at some point, um, at, while he's in quotations, China, he stumbles upon this like <clears throat> ancient velociraptor tooth. Oh yeah. I forgot this lady gets shot with arrows in the woods by like ninjas or something. They run off and she's, she's been shot like multiple times in the heart and she's like bleeding and stuff. She's like laying by the tree and Mark, the pastor, I don't remember if his name's Mark or not. He runs up to her and he's like, ma'am, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> She's just like bleeding profusely, <laughs> and like she hands him this like this velociraptor tooth, and she's like, "Go, don't let them get it or something." And he grabs the velociraptor tooth, and somehow it like cuts his hand. And then overnight, you have like a whole uh, Spider-Man type thing. He's like having like like fever dreams and stuff. He's like sweating, and uh, later on in the movie, basically he at night almost like a werewolf turns into a velociraptor and like goes on like a werewolf type spree um and then the next morning he'll wake up without his clothes and not remember anything um and that's basically what it is um but at the end of the movie there's a fight with some ninjas i won't explain the ninjas you have to watch the movie. There's the fight with the ninjas and you see him earlier in the movie, but you definitely see him in this scene where he turns into the Velociraptor and it's like, it's funny. Like it's purposely just a bad costume. Like, you know, like those inflatable dinosaur costumes. It's kind of like that. Um, but a little bit worse. worse. And he's just like, he's fighting these ninjas in like one of those type of costumes. And it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's ridiculous. I I really want to 
I really want to rewatch this movie now that I'm talking about it. <laughs> the Psycho Gorman and Velociraptors. Psycho Gorman is more accessible to, even though it's a B movie, it's more accessible to a more general audience. <clears throat> it is still very just ridiculous and stuff. So not entirely accessible. Velocipaster is like, it's not accessible to everyone. Um, but yeah, both I really like. And that's all I've got all with right. recommendations. Then it's my turn for plugs and recommendations. All right. So for plugs, um, you're already listening to it. Store brand comics. Congratulations. You found us. Thank you for um, listening to the podcast. This is just a hobby podcast that we do every week as much as we can on Fridays. Um, and, uh, you know, sincerely, like, thank you for listening all the way through to the end if you made it this far. Um, it means a lot that anyone would yeah. listen to us for this long. But, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, um, like I said, every Friday we try to upload as, as frequently as we can. Last week had to be a, um, like, a, a bonus episode thing <clears throat> if I uploaded anything last week because um, we'll, we'll find out. I still haven't, like, put it together yet, but I do have, like, 15 minutes worth of extra conversation yeah. that I haven't deleted yet, so I'll so if something okay. went up last week that's what it was if not then there was a gap week so but um but yeah okay. um and by last week i mean in terms of when we're recording it this week <laughs> right um, right but this is yeah because we always are for the listener we always record these episodes like the week before they come out so uh, it helps it helps us keep like a backlog yeah. of at least one episode it might sound kind of dark to think about this listener, but when you're listening to this, we could be dead. Well, geez. Just keep that in mind. Well, I like to think of myself as a new man every day, so I'm always dead. New in, new <laughs> in the ground. All right. So anyway, so for recommendations from me, I've got a couple. Um, first one is a movie. Um, it is an animated movie. It is French. Um, I finally saw it. I've been wanting to see it for a couple of years now, actually. And I finally saw it on DVD at Walmart for like, um, 10 bucks. So I got it. It's called Ernest and Celestine. Um, and it, uh, is fantastic. It's based on like a children's book series of the same name. And it's about a bear named Ernest and a mouse named Celestine who um, obviously, you know, they come from like two different worlds. Like Ernest lives above ground with bears and Celestine lives in the sewers with the mice and the two worlds don't mix and they don't like each other. But Ernest and Celestine prove to be, you know, something of like a little, a little odd couple sort of thing. And um, uh, kind of, bridge the gap between the bear and mouse worlds so it's a it's an interesting little movie i i like it it's very good it's it's very funny it was um i believe directed by the same director who did the big bad fox and other tales which i think i recommended a while ago um 
Um, he's also yeah, the guy yeah. who originally created uh, the Big Bad Fox and you know other stuff, um, graphic novels. But um, but yeah, he I believe directed the Ernest and Celestine movie, and you can tell too. It moves and looks a lot like Big Bad Fox. But um, uh, yeah, it's it does have a sense of humor, but it's less focused on the humor than Big Bad Fox was. Like Big Bad Fox was an outright comedy; that's what its goal was. But I would say Ernest and Celestine, while it has right. a lot of comedic elements to it, isn't exactly a comedy. It's more like a like a little I don't know what you would describe it as, like sort of a, an adventure, but it's not like super big adventure sort of thing um it's it's like they, they they don't go on like this big globe trotting trip like you would expect from an adventure sort of story it's it's more like a just sort of a local smaller scale thing but um yeah it's a very good movie um i like the two main characters and um uh the way that their like friendship develops is very sweet um and i watched the english dub i didn't watch it in the original french but i watched the english dub and um the voice actors uh all did a pretty good job um forrest whitaker was the voice of Ernest. um yeah um, oh really and nick offerman and megan mullally were the voice of a married couple of bears in this movie um they did a pretty good job with those roles i think um Paul Giamatti was in there as uh, like a mouse like judge like a courtroom judge um and I didn't recognize his voice until I saw the credits uh, <laughs> but yeah it's say it's a very um yeah overall it's a good movie and I like it so I do recommend it it is it is a children's movie and it is appropriate for all ages so i do recommend it for like you know families and stuff um to watch um but yeah it's just a very nice movie and i liked it a lot um yeah nice um another movie that i want to recommend but i wouldn't recommend this one for all ages primarily because it is a horror movie um is called extraordinary tales which is an anthology movie based on the short stories of edgar Allan poe um and edgar Allan poe Hmm. writes exactly the kind of horror that i usually like which is very you know very vague um and very obsessed with death like his his horror is is like the definition of gothic horror um yeah 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 like uh south park their big joke with uh edgar Allan poe is that he was the first <laughs> goth kid basically <laughs> they show him whenever there's a seance that brings edgar Allan poe What's back that? from the dead as a ghost he's like flipping he's like flipping his hair like a goth kid and he's talking like this i'm edgar Allan poe yeah, yeah. and i'm dark uh <laughs> Was Edgar Allan Poe writing before Mary Shelley published her first work? Cause, I think so. Cause I know check Mary Shelley was like, like as goth as it gets. Right. Let's see. But yeah. Um, 
Oh, never mind. Mary Shelley yeah. is before. So I'd say she's more the original goth kid. But yeah. That's, that's just once again. Well, with her, once with her, again, she was uh... getting credit when it was really a woman who did it first. <laughs> well, it's also like uh, goth is in nowadays yeah. in terms of females. Um, guys like goth females nowadays, whereas like uh, we can make fun of the goth man, but the goth female, you can't make fun of that. That's a okay in the, the guy's eye is, today. You know the the big booby goth girlfriend, right? That's that's yeah, what, yeah, that's exactly. What dream of. And that Mary Shelley was Mary Shelley was <laughs> the first one of the. <laughs> so anyway, extraordinary tales. Um, it was very interesting. All of it was 3D animated, like 3D CGI. But um, it was all very different styles. Um, I think they were all from the same director and writer, um, like adapting the stuff. Um, obviously, it's all the same like source material because all Edgar Allan Poe, but they you know had to write the animation around that. But um, and every story had right. a narrator. Like it wasn't um, presented in like the traditional format of like characters with their own distinct voices um all of it was narrated and um like the first story was i think called was the the fall of the house of usher which was narrated by sir christopher lee so obviously this movie yeah this movie had to be made before he no, okay away. that's cool i don't know exactly what came out but um, right right uh another one was um Probably one of the most iconic Poe stories, the Telltale Heart. Um, oh, there goes my dog again. Yeah. Can you hear? Yeah, she she hears something yeah, in the floorboards. That's why she's barking. The Telltale Heart. That one was. Um, they actually took, I assume, like a like an old like radio broadcast of Bella Lugosi. Um, reading that story. Yeah. That sounds interesting. And for Him narrating? Who, um, who doesn't know, Bela Lugosi is the original Dracula. Right? That's his name? That's how you pronounce it? Okay, just making sure that was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about him... Um, like I, I know him from Dracula and stuff, but I forgot who plays him in uh, the Johnny Depp movie Ed Wood, where it's about Ed Wood, the like crappy filmmaker from the fifties and sixties. Like he basically was a really close friend of Bella Lugosi, and I just imagine quote unquote Bella Lugosi in the Ed Wood movie, how he was just like in real life is just kind of sad after the Dracula days, how he just kind of fizzled yeah. out from the public eye um nowadays he's like big because everyone remembers dracula and stuff but like in like the 50s and 60s they weren't known as the universal horror classics they weren't big 20 to 30 years later they were just like yeah. forgotten relics basically but yeah um, um, that kind of became his yeah, career that was definitely very interesting um there was i forget the name of this one but um there was one story that was about like a prisoner that was narrated by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Oh, really? That was a very interesting one. Huh. Um, 
But yeah, like the way Edgar Allan Poe's stories uh, play out is like you never really understand what's actually going on in any of them. Um, all you know is that it's like very scary, and every like and everything. Yeah, about, a lot of times you get thrown. Yeah, yeah. With most Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, poems and short stories you get thrown into the middle of a scenario it's not like a lead up there's there's not a ton of uh what's the beginning of an arc it's it's is it yeah, exposition? exposition i can't I remember kind of, or like yeah, a story like, structure yeah you don't really get the beginning of a story you get um yeah you're just thrown into the middle of it like like the easiest example is looking at like the telltale heart where like this guy has been like obsessively disliking and hating this guy with a weird eye like it's not like the first day of him noticing like a fall of the house of usher it's like i've been invited to an old friend's estate and and i'm here now um it's like it's it's not like oh yeah like i'm living my life over here and then i get the invitation and then i make the trip and then i'm there it's like no I'm, i'm here i got the invitation a while ago no, yeah, yeah. We we don't have to worry about that. We're we're focused on right now yeah. quickly getting to the climax. We're not yeah. trying to build up so, a lot. Um, yeah, and that's and that's how a lot of Poe's stories just yeah, start and that's how they play out. Is they, they play out from like Poe's stories start yeah. when they get when they are interesting. And they end when yeah, they yeah, exactly. over. So it's it's very yeah. efficient. And sometimes sometimes the conclusion Yeah, and sometimes the conclusion um in like modern I almost think of like movie storytelling, you're like, wait, there there's still like five to ten minutes left, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 it ended right there. You you can piece in the rest of it in your own yeah. mind, but it and, ended um, right there. And I will say for most of them, I feel like I could sort of kind of get a metaphor out of it like I, I i felt like i understood some sort of like underlying meaning to it but the last story that the movie adapts which is um i believe the mask of the red death is what it's called um i i don't get that story at all i don't get i don't get it <laughs> i don't really understand the metaphor i don't remember see is it okay i might be thinking is is the is it the cast of amontillado where it's like the guy at the party leads yes, that one guy into the one. cellar and yeah and walls in and like that, imprisons him also okay okay i, I figured that was I just yeah yeah that was both. properly if it was um Okay, I got that yeah, mixed no, up. Yeah, That's the not the Red Death, Death also one. Takes place That's at a different party. one. Um, and it's like this big, you know, extravagant party, and then like this person in a red cloak with a mask comes in, and then like everybody just dies. See, here's another goth staple or slight loner staple for Edgar Allan Poe is he'll write about the party. So imagine high school. Have all these people at the party, but you have the one goth kid that's like, "This party's lame." You know what would spice <laughs> it up? Death. Yeah. 
There's Edgar Allan Poe. You want to spice up? Is everybody here died? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be oh, epic. Yeah. So epic. But yeah, those are my two movie recommendations. I do have I I do have TV show recommendations for anime. Of course, always anime. Um, first one. Okay. Um, is a current season one called Combatants Will Be Dispatched. Um, and oh my god, is that show funny? Because it's uh, it's about what's it a, about an agent known as Combat Agent Six. Um, he works for this big evil corporation that's um taken over the entire earth. Um, and uh, he answers to these these two hot chicks, you know, big chests, skimpy clothes. Um, and, uh, one of them very clearly has like this, a huge crush on him. Um, <laughs> and yeah, as um, anime goes. And like, the funny thing is, is like, they're, they're talking to him and they're, and they're like, we're on the verge of conquering the earth. What do you think happens after we conquer the earth? And he's like, well, I was thinking I would retire and you know, I'd be surrounded by all the boobs I can grab. Uh, <laughs> And they're like, no, we're going to send you to other Earth-like planets so you can conquer those. And he's like, what? I don't want to go. Um, <laughs> so they, they, they have this teleporter for him that the third leader, who um, is not as chesty, she's smaller and more petite, she's their scientist character, um, she built this teleporter and also built a robot that looks like a little girl to accompany him. And he's like, okay, so what does this robot do then? And the robot's like, um, if I get damaged, I self-destruct. And they, and that's it. That's her only function, is that she self-destructs. And he's like, well, what's the point of you? <laughs> like, well, all good villains need a self-destruct button. <laughs> so so true, he's like, true. can you fight? And she's like, no, I was programmed with the strength of a little girl. Um, <laughs> it's like, what's Why? <laughs> So then they put him in the teleporter. They're gonna teleport him to another planet, and he's like, oh, "You know, I, I can't believe you developed a teleporter in such a short amount of time. You know, it must have taken a lot of testing." And then the time he's like, "Oh yeah, we have a 100% success rate with this teleporter so far." He's like, "So far, how how many times have you tested it?" And then they they stay quiet. He's like, "How many times have you tested it? It's at least double digits, right?" And they all stay quiet again. He's like, please tell me you've tested this thing a lot. And they're and they just they're just like, we didn't have time. And they send him off. <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up like in the sky on this planet that he's that he's teleported to. Um so like the robot girl has to pull out like a parachute for him and make sure they land safely. All he's got is a gun and like a little wristwatch thing where he can uh teleport notes back to his bosses so that they can send equipment to him when he needs it. But the thing is, the equipment costs something called evil points, which are points that you earn an arbitrary amount of whenever you do something bad. Um, so, like, he has to intentionally oh, okay. do bad things if he wants to earn enough evil points to get the equipment he needs for any situation. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, and it's just and one thing that I have to applaud this this show for so far is the way that it has treated its little girl character, because um, she is a robot, 
but the show has gone out of its way not to oversexualize her, which unfortunately is very common in anime. Okay, that's um, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the anime, their their loophole with it is yeah, like, oh no, she's like a thousand year old being. It's like, there's our loophole. Creepy. Yeah. She still looks like she's eight years That's old. It's still weird, man. Um, so Yeah. You know, but like for this, like she she's she and the main character, once they're like established in this world, um, and like ally themselves with a kingdom and all that, are forced to share a room in the barracks. And she says to him, like, you know, don't try doing anything weird. I don't even have reproductive organs, so I can't, you know, you can't do weird things with me even if you try. And he's like, as if I would, you know, be interested in a robot girl uh, and, so, and so I do find it weird that he specified the robot part and not the little girl part but you know but, you yeah know, not the child part at least, yeah. at least they, they're they making like a concerted effort not to be weird about the little girl character which the fact that that takes right, right. the anime's part is you know weird by itself but Yeah. Slight, slight uh, side tangent slash side note. Um, yeah. Monster Girl and Invincible um, is similar to that. And even though yeah. Robot is a robot. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's still a tiny bit that weird. That is something that carries over from the comic books. Um, uh, oh, okay. And I will say it, it got less weird as it went on. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's just gonna, right. that's just gonna be weird for a bit. Um, and depending on the direction the show takes, it might seem yeah, weird. I, I'm sure. I have no idea. Um, but yeah. Like, okay. It, it was a little weird in the comics too, though in the comic books, Robot, um, didn't really show that sort of interest in her until after the prerequisites for it not to be weird were met. So... The show is making it weirder oh, okay. than it was in the comics, I think. Um, but yeah, like Monster gotcha. Girl and Robot, like as a pair of characters, that's one of the most interesting relationships in the series, and one of my personal favorites. So, it's um, I'm I'm interested to see how yeah, the show yeah. handles it and where it goes. Yeah, don't get me wrong; it is interesting because, like, <clears throat> it, it's this. 24 25 year old woman who like every time she uses her power she gets younger and younger and at this point she's like she looks like she's like 10 or 12 or something um and robot like his whole thing is like people don't understand him because he's a robot they don't it's almost like they don't see what's on the inside type of thing um and he can relate with monster girl Basically, like that's pretty much the only person that he can kind of relate to. So I do see an interesting dynamic there. Um, That being said, it's interesting, but it's still a little weird. Concerning robots, true nature that have yet to be made in the show. Uh, But yeah, like like I said, he's one of the most interesting um, characters in the comics. But yeah, and I am... uh, uh, I am a little surprised that they're like amping up his sort of like creep factor in the show so far. Um, Cause he was not like this ominous so early on in the comics. 
Um, okay. But yeah, they they are making him seem like more threatening than um, than I think he actually is going to end up being. At least early on. I don't right, want to spoil right. anything. And again, I don't know what direction specifically yeah. the show is going to take. I don't want to spoil too much about the comic books either. Because um, I feel like you could, at this point, read the entire comic book right. series and it wouldn't spoil the show for you because the show is doing a lot of different stuff already. So. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, like the show is doing just enough similar things that it's recognizable as an adaptation. Um, but it's different enough that I still like don't know where it's headed. Yeah, and you're still really entertained by it because of that. Because with adaptations, it shouldn't always be like shot for shot or scene for scene. Because it is nice yeah. to see that thing you love be on the big screen, but like to be it to see it like shot for shot, it's almost like. Yeah, but I already kind of saw this, and with it with it being a little different, it adds that that uh that uniqueness and that freshness for the fans. Yeah, plus of with, uh, um, of what's being adapted. The entire fifteen year run of Invincible being available as potential source material, and with it basically being Robert Kirkman uh, just making this series for a second time, he kind of just gets to pick out only the stuff that worked in the comics yeah. and make the show out of that. So it's, it's yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's one of those things where like I did say, I think back when I recommended invincible, the show that I would almost recommend the show over the comics because it seems like it's going to be an improved version of what the comics did. Um, yeah. And I haven't read the comic and I'm not saying what I'm about to say isn't saying it's bad, but you could almost say like the comic was almost like your not entirely your rough draft, but maybe your second draft of this, this tale. And then the show is more the final draft where you cut out certain things and you make it the best it can be pretty much. Solid and extensive foundation for this show. Um, And now the show can just kind of take that and run with it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, Combatants Will Be Dispatched. Very funny. Very funny show. It's, it has a very crude sense of humor. Um, very, you know, kind of, uh, th- there are some moments where it's like, oh my God, did they just say that? <laughs> and, and like, it, it's one of those things where, um, and it's also kind of interesting, too, because ev- every character in the main cast so far has, like, this, this like, weirdness to them where, like, one of, one of the characters is she's, like, the captain of the, of the knights, but um, she, everything she does, she does for, like, glory. So she's, like, really prideful and vain and is, like, trying to, you know, capture the attention of the royal family so that, like, she can get promoted as much as possible. Um... <laughs> And then, like, uh, there's this little, like, she's called, like, a chimera, but she's not, like, a chimera, like, the traditional, like, snake head, goat head, lion head thing. She's a chimera in that, like, she's a mishmash of a bunch of things because she gains right. the powers and qualities of whatever thing she eats. Oh, okay. So she eats demons a lot after she kills them. Um, 
but like she she introduced herself in this really dark way like you know the hand over the eye and like the i am you know i'm a storm of blood and guts and you know whatever like introducing herself that way um and then like immediately after that she's like so my my grandpa told me i'm supposed to introduce myself that way <laughs> and she's like just very adorable and happy and she's like yes. <laughs> <laughs> like this is what I'm actually like. Yeah, yeah. And then like they have a wizard girl um who is wheelchair bound. Which I think is interesting. I thought that would be interesting for her to you know to have like a you know a wheelchaired character in an anime. You don't see that a whole lot. But then you find out the reason the reason she's in that wheelchair is because she's suffering yeah, from a yeah. curse that doesn't allow her to wear shoes. So she can walk. No, really? She doesn't want to walk without That's it? <laughs> so, right. yeah. No, you don't get it. My feet are super sensitive. Like, I, I can't. In the very first battle that they're in, like the wheelchair girl is up on a cliff and ends up falling asleep before the battle starts. So she's taking a nap while everybody else is fighting. And then, like this big bad demon guy come like comes in, and she wakes up because he lands right next to her, and she's like, "What's going on? What's happening?" And he immediately caves her skull in with a club, and she dies. But the thing is, she's well, no, she like this like that's the end. Of comes from this god that can resurrect her, so all they had to do is take her back to the temple and provide offerings, and she could be resurrected. Oh, okay. I don't consider this a spoiler. It's in the second episode. Um, it's a, it's a part of the hook of her character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, fine. But yeah, so it's like it's it's, <laughs> and the thing is, like, you know, she's super flirty, and she's she's constantly like, like the very first thing she asks the main character is like, "Do you have a girlfriend?" And he's like, "Nah, I don't have a girlfriend." And like, he's you know, he very clearly is like shows interest in her too, um, which I think is interesting because normally in any other anime, I would expect the main character, especially if he's supposed to be a bad person, would be like, ugh, why would I be interested in a girl in a wheelchair? But like, uh, even though she's like clearly hot, but like right. in this show, it's like, nah, like he's, he doesn't care if she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> she's hot. <laughs> so it's like, I find that this show yeah, um, yeah. ignores a lot of the things that you expect to be like standard in a series like this for anime. And I like that. Um, Cause the, right. the characters come across as like, more believable people that way like the like the main character yeah he's he's a jackass and a moron and a bad person um because he works for an evil organization that encourages him and incentivizes him to be evil but um at the same time it's like i don't know i get it like i get where he's coming from most of the time <laughs> he's got an immature sense of humor just like any other normal person yeah um, <laughs> it's, He's he's kind of a gross dude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Gross in that like endearing evil person sort of way. Where like he he earned evil points once by like right. when, the, when the captain of the knights, uh, she um told him like, like you know come on come come hit me then like let's let's fight let's spar spar with me come hit me so he comes at her and instead of hitting her he grabs <clears> her <throat> chest, um and he earns he earns evil points by doing that because. <laughs> he just groped a girl for no reason. Oh, okay. So it's like, sure, he gets some sort of yeah, like, yeah. physical satisfaction out of that, obviously. 
But at the same time, it's like it's a way for him to earn the like, yeah, the 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 digital currency that he needs. The to evil points yeah. he'll need later on. So the, it's it's one of those things where it's like the yeah, character yeah. is obviously a terrible person, but um, when you take into consideration the fact that he's rewarded for being terrible and that's the only way he can complete his mission, then yeah, it's it makes sense. It, it then becomes a necessary part of the story as well as a weird <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a very fun, yeah. like, subversion of the usual, like, pervert protagonist in a fantasy world sort of thing. But, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and then one last, one last one. I need to be faster about this last recommendation, though. But it's really good. It is gorgeous to look at. Um, it's called Vivi Fluorite Eyes Song. It's another anime series that I just watched the first two episodes of last night. It's about an android. or Well, she's an artificial intelligence in like a female android body. So a gynoid body. I don't know. She's a robot. Um, <laughs> and it takes place in this world where scientists found that if you program an AI to be capable of like having more than one goal... Um, it won't be able to accomplish anything because um, it can't focus. Um, so they program, the, the, the law is you can only program any given AI with one mission. Um, so, so like every artificial intelligence on the planet has one okay. thing that it wants to do and that's it. And it can be. But like, is it like a super broad mission? An AI named Diva. Or Vivi, as this little girl that she met calls her for sh- not for short, but like as a nickname. Um, but she's called Diva, and her mission is that she wants to make everyone happy by singing. That's what she was programmed with. She's like a pop star. That's her programming. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, yeah, it's super broad and very like vague, but um, it's still one mission. And so, like, she's capable of. Right, right. Well, it's it's not as broad as like uh, your mission yeah, yeah. to yeah. make world yeah, it's, peace. It's, it's not that to broad. Considered a singular goal, but vague enough that like she can do just about anything a normal person can do without creating like logical inconsistencies. Um. Right. Right. Now, one thing I'm wondering, um, is there ever a moment where, like, someone hears her singing and they're, like, saddened? They're like, I don't like that your singing. That hasn't happened and yet. She's like, oh, no, how do I make them happy? The thing is, like, one of the big things about her is that she's not super popular. Um, and and very frequently she performs for, um, like, an empty theater. Um because she's, she has scheduled performances, so she performs them regardless oh, okay. of whether or not anybody's there to watch. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so like, right. she she's aware of the fact that, like, it's possible that her singing might not make anybody smile, but her goal is to is to make people happy. Um, so, like, if she doesn't make oh, okay. happy, um, or even has the opposite effect, that's not necessarily a failure of her mission, it's just not success. 
I got Plus, you. I don't think that it's a thing where it's like, I've accomplished the goal. I've made people happy by singing. Now I'm done. It's one of those things where it's like, she, I feel like she needs to consistently continue to do that. It's like, um, it's like, it's like the, the paperclip robot. If you make right, a robot right. that only makes paperclips, it'll keep making paperclips until there's nothing in the universe but that. Um, so for her... Right, like, okay, I gotcha. She makes people happy by singing, or that's her goal, is to make people happy by singing, and she's going to just keep doing that forever. Or until she breaks down. Yeah, yeah, once, once everyone... Yeah, once yeah, everyone exactly. is happy, you have to maintain that happiness. If if no one's, you, you have to learn this from playing stuff like The yeah, Sims exactly. and stuff. You gotta you gotta keep so your people happy. Is, Can't let their moods uh, go down. There's a flash forward at the beginning of the first episode showing all these robots just murdering people, um, for seemingly no reason. Yeah. Um, and so I was going to say, the what's their mission the is in, in the present, um, diva has been contacted by an AI from 100 years in the future. So there's time travel in the show. Um, <laughs> and this AI is trying to prevent all the robots oh, okay. from slaughtering all the people 100 years from now. And he, you know, basically he, he tells her like, she's the only one who can help him with this mission. It's like a reverse Terminator. So. It's it's right, to, right. Uh, and this robot, or not robot, this AI from the future, this program that's kind of invaded her like a virus, um, to prevent uh, this sequence mm-hmm. of events that would lead to robots just turning on people for no reason. Oh, okay. Is there ever? Because there's there's always like the they do this in Terminator a lot. Um, as well as some other stuff. Is there ever like events where like, because she was told this part of this happened, like because she was told this, this event happened that led to so far um, that thing happening. Kyle like, like almost, almost like the Kyle, uh, uh, the Kyle oh, Reese thing where it's like, had he not went back in time. Um, so far, um, no, I'm only John Connor. Yeah. John Connor so would never be born. Had- quite had room to do that yet um but so far no the only things that have happened are um events that she was able to change for the sake of bettering like the future based on the mission and then there is one thing she wanted to change that the ai wouldn't let her change because it wasn't necessary but it was something that was like personally important to her if you watch the show you'll definitely understand what it is um but at like at the very end of the second episode, right after they okay. successfully um, uh, like complete their first mission, um, like the very next thing that Diva wanted to try to do was um, like she she noticed something in like this this AI's records of the future that like something was going to happen, so like something bad was going to happen that would personally affect Diva, and she tried to prevent it. But the AI was like, no, you can't do that because you don't have to. So you're not going to. And she was forced to just watch as it happened. Oh, good. No, it would be the crazy twist. The AI is actually like part of the evil uh, um, robots, essentially, from the future. 
And somehow in the future, she has made some sort of change. And so the AI speaks to her, comes to her in the past to like prevent her from making that change to where he's, he's saying all these things that seem like it's going to stop the AI thing, but it's actually helped progress. It feels like, because a lot of the stuff that he wants to prevent feel like they would actually be more on the road of progress. But he's, he says that like they all eventually because like the very first thing they're trying right. to prevent is the passing of a law that allows AIs to ha- have their own names. Because for Diva, Diva is just a nickname. That's not her official name. Oh, okay. Um, but there would be a law that would allow AIs to essentially start having human rights, and they would get names. But he wants to prevent that from happening, and it and he's yeah. somehow that leads to the robots you know, rising up and killing people, but it almost feels like one of those things that would help to prevent it when you, when you think about it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's right. We'll right. see where it goes. But yeah, anyway, this, this particular yeah, yeah. session is going long. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's not. Yeah, that's fine. I'm sure it's not going to go that route, but I'll go ahead and put my money on that. It is. We'll see if Brandon's right. Tio will inform me that I'm completely yeah. wrong. I know. But yeah, so <laughs> once he gets further into right it. Eyes song. Um, but yeah, so those are all the recommendations for the week and plugs and stuff. Um, I know like half the episode was spent on plugs and recommendations, but like I said, we're kind of our main topic was short for today, so we had room. All right, and um. Yeah, just it's me with the soothing music back again just to let you know that uh the um weird stuff with the audio i mentioned at the beginning of the episode did cut off our uh our outro for the week so just to finish things off um i have been tio and he has been brandon and now we're not and we'll talk to you next week Why the heck did this pop up? I was looking at Kong and then I hit back or I was looking at the King Kong 2005 thing and I hit back and it's showing me Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. I don't know why I wasn't looking at this. Why when I hit back, it showed this.